Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Arsenal X, the Xbox podcast here on the Boss Rush Network. I am one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the person I want to slap in the face for mimicking me. (laughs) (laughs) The joy of EXP cast and my favorite Xbox co-host on the Citadel. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to look at me. You know that when, when you're doing I'm looking it. at the camera, and like for me to like look like I'm looking at you when we're talking, I have that little tiny Skype box, like when yeah. you have another window open, right under my camera, so it looks like I'm talking to you when I'm talking I to actually, you. I actually have the same way, too. <laughs> so, so like you're, the camera's right here, and you're right there. Yep. So. Yeah. So. Thanks, I'm sorry. Story. It's all right. I'm Stephanie, sorry, Stephanie did that to me like a month ago, and it really distracted me. So. What? She imitated you, too? Yeah. Why do people make fun of you like this? I don't know. We shouldn't. It wasn't that. Like, I started the countdown to, you know, lead off the show. And then she started, like, uh-huh. after I hit two, she was like, three, two. And she started oh. counting down. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. That's not cool. Come on. There's there's always got to be a countdown for everything. I was just on um, uh, the Gaming Outsider podcast. I was just on a special episode. And Scott, the guy that runs it. You know, I've known him for years, but he has a very particular way that he does his countdown. Yeah. So he syncs video with audio. So he's like, when you when I say five, four, three, two, one, five, four, three, two, one, I'm supposed to count out loud with his fingers. Oh. So it doesn't matter if he says five. If he if there's a slight delay, I have to go with the fingers. And I'm like, I man, I can't do that. <laughs> so that seems like a lot of work. Yeah, it does. I just but... record our audio through Skype. I've been wanting to use Zencaster, but I've been Zencaster's too lazy to nice, set it up. Man. I know it is. Yeah. I, I want to use it. I just haven't. Just haven't. Uh... We to be... used it a couple weeks ago, us EXP cast guys. We used it a couple weeks ago to record video and audio. And the video mm-hmm. came out pretty good because uh, uh, Josh and I did a uh, retro pickups episode. And I yeah, watched it, it worked... on YouTube. Yeah. Because that was a Patreon episode for a couple weeks, and then, yeah. So, nice. yeah, we did a little. We did a game hunting trip yesterday. Um, we went up. To, <laughs> I feel bad because we didn't. Uh, we didn't let Jesse know because <laughs> we were up in his area, and like we got up there, and I was like, "Oh man!" I realized way too late, like when we were about ready to leave, that uh, you probably should have let him know. So sorry, Jesse. It's sorry, okay. it's okay. But, He's uh he's gonna come on the show next week. All right, cool. He texted me and I was a jerk and two two times in a row he texted me and I never texted him back. I did see oh, them. You're one of those. No, it, here's oh, the you, thing. You even read it? I read it. Read no, I, I read respond? it and I was holding my son and I was like, I'll answer him in a minute. And then something happened and then I just forgot. So I'm sorry, Jesse. Sounds like a lame mm-hmm. excuse, but that's all I got. I get it. That's fine. But I heard you. I read your message. We're excited to have you back. Yep, it'll be good. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, we uh, we ended up. Uh, Zencaster works really well, man. Like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think we're gonna like if we stream. I think we're gonna use that exclusively. Yeah, uh, I think we used it for the direct recap show for Power Block the other day. Ed and yeah. I did a direct recap show, so um, okay. Yeah, it's it's really nice. It cleans everything up, and it's just it's just so nice. Zencaster mm-hmm. is very nice. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, Zencaster, it's totally free. Yeah, I'm gonna set up a I'm gonna set up a Boss Rush account for Zencaster this week because Monday Tuesday we're not recording anything. 
so I'm going to try to get some work done. Mm. So, like back-end stuff. Stuff that nobody will probably ever see, but it'll make everything better. So, yep. Also got to work on some website stuff that I have not worked on in a, in a hot minute. So it's the next two days. But, uh, yeah, so you got to tell me why you uh, why you dislocated your toe. Oh, yeah. Uh, so my son started crawling, and uh, uh, he was crawling away, so I went to go grab him, and I wasn't really paying attention, and I stepped on one of his toys. It's like one of those doctor's office toys with, like, the swirly tubes and then the shapes that go around, you know? You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I stepped on it, and then I couldn't catch myself. And then I took a step and I stepped on the toy again with the same foot. And then my other foot hit our coffee table and Mm -hmm. my toe like went sideways when I, cause my toes went up, like part of my toes hit the ground and the other toe went up against the bar of the coffee table. And then I hit, I caught myself on the coffee table and like, I kind of like, I didn't drop my son, but it was more of like a dramatic kind of, he fell a little bit. And, like, I mean, it, it wasn't, like, a 10-feet fall. It was, like, a 6-inch fall. But, like, I was trying to, like, not crush him either. And so, like, my toe, like, I crushed, like, I, the way I kind of, like, landed on my wrist, I, like, I like landed like this. So, like, my wrist really hurts. And then my toe I'm trying sideways. to visually imagine this. And it's just, <laughs> like, you know, it's like that Seinfeld skit. I remember that Seinfeld skit? I've never of like, watched uh, Seinfeld. Okay. I, I, I've watched, like, a couple episodes, but there was one video about, like, or one clip of the episode about how uh, Kramer and Newman or something like that got spit on. And, like, the way they're describing it and the way Seinfeld is interpreting it is, like, I don't know. That's what it sounds like to me. Like, it sounds like you've just kind of crumpled yourself up into ball, completely dislocate your left hip to hit the coffee table. And then you did a 180-degree flip with your upper torso landing sideways on the – that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, and so, like, I've been pretty messed up the whole day, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my head hurt. I, th- I don't know if I hit my head or not. Like, it was, it all happened, like, so fast. And so, like, I was more concerned to, like, well, first, my foot really hurt. And I had to, like, pull my toe out and, like, reatt- like almost, like, reattach it, which is gross. Because I've done that to a finger before, but never a toe. For some reason, mm. the toe is grosser than the finger. I don't know why. But, uh, so like, well, cause it's not like you dislocate your toes that often, I guess you would more, especially for you playing football, you're more, yeah. you're more likely to dislocate your finger. Yeah. I mean, look at this. What do you, what do you call that? Like your, your right. What's wrong with your right? My, my pinkies. They're like, they, they don't, oh, yeah. they don't go in the same position. <laughs> I see what you're talking about, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, for you audio listeners that was very that was very good visual for you audio well listeners. you know if our audio listeners would like they could tune in on twitch every sunday night 7 30 p.m central standard time hey, that's true thank you stoy for plugging that you no know problem uh hey by the way here's a theory that maybe my our nintendo fans can uh uh do you think their uh nintendo's working some subliminal messaging into our brains every time they have an audible snap in their nintendo directs maybe why because you... you know how you, you know how Nintendo fans get excited over remakes yeah. of games that came out 20 years ago? Yeah. Like, do they snap, and then does it send a subliminal message to your brain to say, you want this, you want this, you want this? Because mm-hmm. they fooled, they got me, they got me. They got me with Portal, 
and they got mm. me with Chrono Cross. Mm. And I'm like, that's amazing. Chrono Cross is worth it. Oh, yeah, that's definitely worth it. I mean, that's more deserving of a remake than anything, than any of those other games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, I. I know a lot of people don't care for it, but I'm like, I'm in. Plus, that, plus they have that Satellaview. Uh, no one, no, no one knew that existed. <laughs> I know, but it's cool that they're including it. Like, yeah, no, it, I, it was like the the third game in the series, which it was a prequel. Yeah, yeah, it was like a text adventure that took place between Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross that nobody ever played because it was on Satellaview in Japan only. Mm-hmm. So, what does that mean? Like, twelve people played it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, so, but anyway, I guess that's just my theory. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, that was my day. And so like, gosh, my toe, like even my toe still hurts. I have like all this padding and some socks and some slippers on right now to try to keep it mm-hmm. from moving too much. And, uh, yeah, good times. Great times. Mm-hmm. 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 Did you watch, did that's you, what... did you watch the direct by the way? speaking of yes i did mm. yeah there's some good stuff yeah in there. I, I i'm at home obviously most of the time because i'm in school now so yeah um yeah so i was obviously at home and i watched it i mean it, it comes on at four so i'm usually home anyway even if i'm working but mm-hmm. yeah no it was actually a really good direct like it's about freaking time nintendo started kind of like showing some stuff like yeah i and, mean i the last couple like the last couple years of nintendo have just kind of been like a you know i mean i'm not i'm not an animal crossing guy not a paper mm. mario guy what what was last year or like uh age of calamity i'm not like a muso guy but i played it because it's breath of the wild you know right, yeah uh, uh 3d world mario 3d world yep. i mean that was kind of cool but... that's yeah but it's a port you know i mean yeah i know no kidding and, and, that, and that's kind of been part of the problem with nintendo the last couple of years is like ports 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 mm-hmm. ports of wii u games that it's like admittedly no one played because no one had a wii u i have one it's still hooked up i do too actually it's still hooked up as well Super Mario 3D World, best 3D Mario game. Not Honestly, yeah, better. I I totally agree. Totally not, agree with that. Not even better because they they sped up the mechanics and made it feel faster, so it feels better. Mm. So. Uh, no, yeah. Honestly, it's probably one of my favorite co-op experiences in any in any video game out there. I don't have any friends, so I don't play co-op. I played it by myself. That's a shame, Corey. I know. It's a shame. Uh. But there's a few things in there that I got excited for, except for Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, which I was really excited because it said Fire Emblem, and then it said they did that delay where it was Warriors, and I was like, oh my gosh, don't. You see this number that I'm holding up right two. now? Yes. I could give two shits about Fire Emblem. I've, I've tried so many times to play Fire Emblem, just cannot get into it. Hmm. See, I... it's, it, it, it's a waifu simulator. No, it's not. And I want Eddie. I want Eddie. I want Dan. I want David Lasby. I want anybody to come on this podcast. This is a, this is for all you um, elite beat block agents or whatever Eddie calls you. Get on this podcast and convince <laughs> me that Fire Emblem is not a waifu or a husbando simulator. It's not. I don't it's really it. not. Believe you. I don't it's believe really you. Not. I hear there's some like war mechanics too and some real time strategy elements. So I don't know. You partner people with specific people to get better <laughs> you basically just breeding teachers warriors. are banging their students and you guys are like cool with this yeah i am okay all right fair enough hmm. no that's fine i mean if that's what you're into that's what you're into i guess so as long as it's fire emblem <laughs> i mean honestly it's it's a good um like 
obviously Nintendo needs some serious franchises, like serious tone franchises. Mm-hmm. So that's a good franchise for them to have underneath their belt. It's yeah. just not for me. Yeah. No, I get it. It's not for everybody. I get it. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those series that's like, you know, you either get it or you don't, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, it's not like other strategy games. Like, you know, it's, it, it has that element of like, you know, what you just said. And it's, uh, it's not for everybody. No, and I don't. I mean, that genre of games, I'm not really. I, I don't play that much. Mm-hmm. I, well, at this all. isn't a good year for Switch for you then, because there's about twelve of them. Yeah, I am not. I'm not into XCOM games. I'm not into. I never played the Halo Wars games because those those really aren't my. Like I said, I've tried with um, uh, Birthright. I think I got that for um, mm-hmm. uh, the 3DS at the time, and then I think I have one of the Switch titles that I tried as well. And just, you know, I just couldn't get into it. Just couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I, uh, I'm excited for, I'm excited for Xenoblade 3. I'm excited for Mario Kart DLC. A lot of people are excited for Mario Strikers. There's a I lot. Am. There's a lot in this direct. So, yeah. I mean, I'll probably yeah, play and, Mario and, Strikers. And I like the way Nintendo does it, kind of, because we spend months and months wondering what the hell Nintendo's doing. And they don't say anything. They keep everything very close to the belt. Uh-huh. And everything that they do announce, they say this is coming out in a few months. Uh-huh. So they announce things when it's good and ready. Yeah. They didn't announce, announce anything that was coming out before. Like, I think the latest is December. Or, yeah, or the, September, I mean, with, with September, Xenoblade. September, yeah, with Xenoblade, yeah. I mean, with the exception of maybe Front Mission 2, that they said they announced it's coming uh-huh. at a later date, but... Yeah, they didn't really show it though. They just said it yeah. was coming, right? Because they showed yeah. they showed the first one, which is cool. I'm excited for Front Mission. Yeah, that's uh, same with me. I don't really care about that either. So yeah, I mean they they've got a pretty stacked lineup this year. Uh, you know they have uh, Triangle Strategy coming in March, Kirby coming in March, Mario Kart Eight DLC. I'm telling you, man, Wii 2022 Sports 2, pretty much. 2022 is gonna blow 2021 out of the water. It is. Uh, Nintendo Switch Sports. 2021 was a shit year for video games. <laughs> Wii Sports, man. Yeah. Coming back. So excited. I'm so, that was like the best thing I've saw the whole Direct. Right, yeah. Uh, Mario Strikers, Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, Klonoa, Splatoon 3, uh, Monster Hunter, Sunbreak. They've got a stacked year. Xenoblade, mm-hmm. Bayonetta 3. Breath of the Wild 2, Mario Rabbids 2. Uh, so they've got a they've got a big year, and then they've got a bunch of indies and third parties and all that stuff. Advance Wars. So Yeah. Any hoozle. We're not here to talk about Nintendo. Anyway. We're, this is an Xbox podcast. It sure is. You know which Xbox podcast? Arsenal it's X, Microsoft? the Xbox podcast. Part of the Boss Rush Network. You can catch us live every Sunday night on Twitch or on podcast services and YouTube on Tuesday mornings. If you listen on iTunes or Spotify, please leave us a five-star rating and review. It really helps us out with discoverability, uh, especially uh, since, you know, a lot of people are disappointed that we are not a soccer podcast, apparently. Um, You can check out all of our shows and our content on BossRush.net, our website. You can check out Stoy on EXPCast. We should probably throw that in at the top of the show at some point. This is the Arsenal X podcast, so it is. But we do other things, mm-hmm. you know. We all have other projects. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I started promoting EXP Cast through Boss Rush social media as well this week. Okay. Yeah, there's, I think I saw that. There should or th- this week for scheduling. Yeah. 
Okay, so, cool. So there should be a post going up on social media on Monday and Thursday when your episodes go out. Oh, okay, very cool. Yeah. The magic of Buffer, you can pre-schedule things and not forget people. So. Yeah. Because <laughs> the computer remembers. Yeah. It always remembers. That's why, honestly, when you're, you know, it's like you need, you need like full-time staffers like to run, like you need one person to run social media. You need one person to do audio visual. You need, you know, there's like even like at, at the EXP cast, we tried running Headliner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a, where they clip audio clips of your episodes mm-hmm. and then you know you could like share it on social media and then like people can listen to like 20 second clips mm-hmm. of you know episodes or funny parts funny parts but that requires extra work because then you got to go back and you got to listen to that oh there was that one really funny part and then you know yeah like you clip it and then you share it and it's just yeah it's a lot of work man it is it is and uh it makes me feel like if we only had like one or two products instead of seven we would be <laughs> Probably a lot more efficient at the rest of it. <laughs> That's my fault, though. That's what happens when, uh, yeah, you try to you try to kind of spread everything out. And I'm a know. dreamer. Okay. Yeah. I'm a dreamer. Got to keep going, man. Got to got to live the dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's jump into what we've been playing in weekly pickup story. By the way, buy our merch on the Bosra store. That's all I'm saying this time. Nice. Nice. Uh, um, I played sifu (laughs) and i have been playing that quite a bit and i i I, i'm not a patient person when it comes to playing games anymore i feel like i'm kind of losing my patience as i get older and if you follow the exp cast we're actually going to have a topic about this this week because i kind of started to learn that okay bloodborne dark souls you know, uh, Elden Ring, I'm really scared about, even though I really want to play it, but I'm scared. Um, I'm uh, I'm a little bitch when it comes to these kind of hard games. Hmm. Where I'm like, it's too hard, I don't want to play it anymore. Hmm. And then I go run away and hide in a corner and go play Mass Effect or some bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> um, and uh, what, what, when I said that out loud in the episode, everybody laughed at me and then like, yeah, that's about sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> my, my guys know me too well, but... Uh, I really love Sifu because the mechanics are so tight and so good, but the game has those random bullshit moments that F you in the A really hard, and it's like it, it frustrates you because you could be doing so well, and the game is centered around like martial arts combat. The martial arts combat is actually really tight, really good, um, countering, blocking, you know, even dodging is so cool. Um, you know, you can kind of parry obviously as well. And, you know, initiate combos. Uh, apparently, I can't land a roundhouse kick to save my life. But, you know, whatever. So Who maybe. Can? I don't know. Like, it's hard. Like, it seems like every time. Maybe St- St- Stephanie's been playing this game a lot. Maybe mm-hmm. Stephanie can explain to me why she I can't it. land a roundhouse kick. Yeah. I don't understand. But. Um, She's a martial know, artist, though. So she probably could. I hope. I would assume she could. Mm-hmm. You're just she a. Got, you're just a beer drinking soccer coach now. Okay. I'm just a, I'm just a bitch. That's what I am. <laughs> so, yeah, the um but the game is really good. A lot of good odes to kind of martial arts movies like Old Boy and I think there was uh some other, like uh, other martial arts movies um uh I misreferenced one of the scenes. I thought it came straight from uh Daredevil. I don't know if you saw like the first season when 
He just became Daredevil, and he had that mm-hmm. one long fight sequence down a hallway. Yeah, it was the best scene in the whole show. Well, yeah, one of the best scenes, I think, in Marvel history, me personally. But, uh, yeah, those are going to be leaving Netflix soon. So I know. if you want to get them watching Luke Cage and Daredevil and uh, Iron Fist, I guess. Um, Jessica Jones. Yeah. Jessica Jones is the other one. Uh, I think, I, I, is the Punisher still staying on there? Nope. It's leaving too. Nope, that's damn. That's the better one too. I hear they're moving to Disney Plus. Disney Plus is with <laughs> with well with Moon Knight coming. I hear yeah. the the you know the rumor is that they're gonna have a like a an adult section. I really hope so because because they want to bring Deadpool and Alien and like all the Fox properties that they can't show on Disney Plus at some point in the next. 12 to 18 months, they're probably going to merge Hulu and Disney Plus into one service. That'd actually be nice. Yeah. And ESPN Plus. All in like one service. Well, I had that subscription package. Yeah. Yeah, but it's three like, different apps. It's three different apps. They're going to put it but all yeah. in one app. Oh, God. That's too much, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be nice, but... Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, otherwise, going back to Sifu... Um, it's really good, but like you know, there's those like random bullshit moments where like you kind of like miss miss time things, and then all of a sudden you get your ass kicked. And every time you die, you get older. Yeah. And the more times you die at a stage, the older you get. So like, if you die once, you know you go up one year. But then if you die a second time in that same stage, you go up by two years, and then it keeps compounding and compounding and compounding. And I think that my first playthrough, I didn't finish the second area. I got to the club, and I I got to seventy five, which was the max age. And the the older you get, you know, every decade you get older because you start at twenty. Every decade you get older, you get stronger, you get to you get more damage output, but you're you drop a little bit of health, mm. like max health. So, um, risk reward kind of thing. But it, it's one of those things. I um I've been kind of replaying levels over and over and over again. So, like, if I die too soon, I restart, and I keep going again. And if I die, I just restart, and I keep going. I restart, I keep going until I kind of master it. And it's kind of, like, you know, psychotic in a way of just, like, I'm repeating the same thing over and over again, you know. And sometimes I get a little further. Sometimes I I die a little bit too soon, and then I restart going over and over again. And for me, honestly, I, that's fun. Like, I, you know, I'm having a good time with that. If I don't beat this game, which I highly doubt I will— have the patience for i think i'm fine with it mm-hmm. and let me tell you i've used the photo mode more times in this game than i think i ever have in any <laughs> game with a photo mode ever I've, ca- I've got some good pictures man yeah i mean it's a it's a cool it's stylish game yeah it really is i see a lot otherwise of people... on the yeah, i know a lot of people are getting into this yeah yeah time otherwise exclusive. it'll make its way to xbox at some point i think right yeah, but, yeah. I wonder if it's going to be a straight to Game Pass thing. That I mean, that's I bet they're already working on that. That's it. Feels yeah. like a game that would fit right at home on Game Pass at some point. Hmm. Um. Otherwise, uh, on the Xbox side, I've I've been playing Edge of Eternity, that RPG mm-hmm. came out on Game Pass last week. Hmm. And uh, you know, it, it it's a good game. Like it's it's fine. Like it does. It does what it needs to do is a very small studio that have been working on it for years. And they had the goal of making 
a Final Fantasy-like game almost in the modern era. So thinking like massive open world sections where you're just roaming around these massive open areas, you know, populated with enemies, populated with tall grass, trees, plants, you know, towns and cities scattered around all over the place. Mm-hmm. And pretty ambitious for a small studio. Like you think you're expecting a game like this coming out of like a Square Enix type studio or whatever. But right. Um, I mean, you think about it like that, that game for like three or four years was being developed by one guy. Yeah. And then he got funding for it and hired what, like, I don't know, like, I think eight people, 12 people, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's you could definitely tell it's been made by a small studio because, you know, the art, lo- the art looks good, but it's like the mechanics it's run on the unity engine. Like the mechanics look so mm-hmm. basic. Like, you know, say when you're walking through towns, for example, like characters don't really like move or have interactions or anything like, or even sometimes when you're talking to them, they don't emote, mm-hmm. but you know, the game still has a good story, even though it's kind of slow to start. I'm like eight hours in and I really still don't know what the grand you know, story mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I kind of have hints of what happens in the first hour. Yeah. Cause like it, <laughs> in the first part of the game, right. You know, you're, you're, you're part of this, you're, your name is Darian and you're part of this kind of like army. And this, th- this group of space people like kind of invades your planet, but like, you know, says, Hey, we have all this great technology. We want to share with you. We want to kind of coexist. So everybody on the planet's like, Hey, cool. You guys are cool aliens. And then all of a sudden <laughs> the they do cool a reverse. Aliens. They do a reverse, like, nah, we're not, nah, not anymore. Nah, we're going to fuck you up. So, like, you mm. know, they start kind of killing people and destroying people. And you're part you. of a you're part of a military platoon going against these guys. And, you know, it's like you and everybody has, like, still, like, medieval weapons, like swords, blades. I think there's, like, magic and mages and stuff like that here. You also have, a t- like, you're in a camp and you have a team of, like, three of your friends, like one guy and then two other girls who have like spe- different specialties. And all of a sudden, like you're like, Hey, wow, this is going to be my party for the whole game. Nope. You gotta get wiped out immediately. And you're like, Oh man, I was, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, you know, th- like the first half hour, 45 minutes doesn't get explained for the next six hours. Like it- it's kind of weird, the story pacing of it. And I guess that's my only problem with this game. Cause it's a game mechanically runs fine like it's turn-based combat in a grid format so like you know when you encounter like a battle you know you go into a turn-based system where like you know you're waiting for your turn to strike but like you can actually move around to flank your enemies or you can move away from your enemy to kind of get away from striking range to you know land spells or whatever so it's kind of a cool concept with the kind of standard active time battle that the old final fantasy games or even like I, I like I I like this game to last remnant for the 360. Mm, okay, so yeah, kind of tr- similar in that. I try so I tried to play this because it's on Switch and there's a demo on Switch, and I yeah. I wasn't able to get on my Xbox, so I was like, okay, well I'll try it and if I like it, I'll download it on Xbox. It's the cloud version. This is a cloud version on Switch. Yeah, and I highly doubt the Switch can run this game. I I. <laughs> Man, I couldn't even get past the loading screen. Really? Yeah, I, it was not great. So, well, the, the not recommended. Thing is like, you <laughs> think like the the initial title screen. You know, when you go through the initial title screens, there's a nice message from the developer to say, "Hey, thank you for supporting this game. 
Uh, we're a small studio, and this is our first game, whatever. The Series X SSD runs so fast that you can't even read that message. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> yeah, it like pops up for like half a second. Then you're like reading it, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Like, oh. what? <laughs> I wanted to read it. <laughs> I know. Like, I wanted to like take up time to appreciate the developer making this. The developer's name is Midgar Studios, so that's mm -hmm. a kind of an ode to Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they said as much as that this was uh, it was inspired by that game at at first at least yeah no and honestly like like i said is it a spectacular game no is it a good game is it fine yeah i'm mm -hmm. having a good time with it the battles are fun exploring is fun the I mean, the, it, the voice actors and actresses do a good job mm -hmm. you know i mean it's no you know they're no um you know jennifer hales or um you know, Troy Baker's in this game, but you know they do fine. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's an ambitious game for a small team, and it's probably really good for them, right? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, right? So, well, yeah, you got to kind of put that in the perspective because it's like you know, lately in this generation, we have such high expectations that you know game developers are starting to really kind of push the envelope on what they can do, and it's like almost like they're promising too much, mm -hmm. and we're looking at. You know, for example, Cyberpunk or even like Dying Light 2, you know, promising so much out of the gate. And then you find they had to backtrack a lot because they promised too much. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot what's happening with Dying Light 2 press is like people are starting to compare like what they what they promised two years ago, three years ago, even graphically what it looked like. Because mm -hmm. like a lot of people are noticing there's a downgrade in a lot of some of the earlier E3 demos that they showed. Right. But I mean, also, I'm sure that game was running on a extremely high-end pc and not the console tech right i mean well yeah everything we saw of cyberpunk right pre-release was all running on a high-end pc God. so that game's supposed to come out soon too by the way <laughs> that yeah i'm kind of waiting because i, I want to get back into it but i want to play it with the upgrade so i know i i've been thinking about that game a lot for some reason lately and i like kind of want to go back but also i'm like i already beat it do i need to go back like, I think I'm all right, but mm -hmm. I also want to see what it looks like. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll be playing it, and I'll tell you. Yeah, maybe I'll jump in at some point. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, it's a you know, like I said, it's a it's a good solid game. I'm kind of, you know, I I think I've been wanting a game like this for a long time, and it's really scratching that itch because, mm -hmm. Pat, who's our RPG expert on the EXP cast, like he was like, eh, it's all right, which is kind of surprising because I thought he would enjoy it. But uh, he was playing like some other like RPG, like retro RPG on the Switch at the time. So I think he liked that more. But yeah, yeah, I think it's good, especially if you're kind of like a fan of like the old school, like PS2, 360, mm -hmm. PS3 era RPGs. Like, oh, yeah, you'll you know love what? it. I've been thinking a lot about Last Remnant, Infinite Undiscovery and Lost Odyssey lately. <laughs> Infinite Undiscovery. Oh, God. That game holds such a special place in my heart. <laughs> I mean, that game's not good, but no, it's not. But it's it so, existed. It's it's it it it's so good though. <laughs> it's not good, but it's so good. Does that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I you know what what I liked most about that game is just the voice acting. <laughs> it was <laughs> some of the some something. of the best. Uh, it was something. Yeah, I'll do anything for you. Anything. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh. What was Good the times. other one? Eternal Sonata. Yeah. That was another one. Blue Dragon. There's a lot of JRPGs yeah. on the 360 that just... Lost 
Lost Odyssey was the biggest one God, for me. Lost Odyssey was yeah. the best one. God, I want yeah. a sequel to that game so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. They're too busy making diorama iPhone games Mobile now. games. Mm. Who owns that anyway, IP? Does Mistwalker or does, uh, does Microsoft? I don't know. I, I, I'd be curious to look into that because... I bet, I bet you could find someone to make a sequel to that game. Yeah. There's a lot of... I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of games that it's like I kind of wish... And I suppose we can talk about that in our in our end show topic, but I just wish developers and publishers could focus more on other things besides acquiring studios. But anyway, <laughs> your last story. Your last funny. thing I'm doing. I know. Don't worry. Some we're recording this on Sunday, and this comes out on Tuesday. Remember, remember that always happens on Monday. Someone gets acquired on Mondays. Yeah. So yeah. And uh, they they drop it on Tuesday morning, and then all of a sudden we all freak out, or like mm-hmm. we say, "This is all that's coming out to Game Pass this week," and all of a sudden, bam, mm-hmm. eight games get announced. Yeah. Mm. Uh, last thing I do want to mention is that I'm I'm uh, working on building another main cabinet again, mm. and trying to it, it it takes a long time. If you want to do this yourself, it takes a very long time to get it done right. If you want to do it yourself, you could do it yourself. You could do it for free. You could do it even on the cheap. As long as you have a good running PC and, you know, there's software out there that you could download that's totally free. There's ROMs out there that you could download totally free. You know, you just you got to do some hunting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's totally possible. It's just a matter. It just takes a long time to yeah. get it done right. And that's what I'm kind of encountering. Like, you know, I want it to look cool. I want it to look good. Um at least the user interface. The when I build the cabinet, I'm not worried about that. But yeah, yeah. State. I'm going to talk about that some more. I think in the future because I'm going to be working on it a lot. Cool. That's exciting. That's what I've been. That's what I've been doing. Cool. I uh, speaking of cool games, Stoy. I finally, finally started Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Been talking Good about luck. it for like six months. I started. Got through Eden Prime. What a slog. I forgot Eden Prime was. Dude, that lo- that opening level is so much longer than I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and it stops like every like five feet to, to get like a, either like, you know, Jenkins dies. <laughs> yeah, right. Or Ashley's running away. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you, you watch the cutscene where, you know, Nihilus and Saren are meeting up yeah you talked to the guy that was hiding behind a box yeah it was basically the guy that fingered uh you know saren the whole time (laughs) or like uh the creepy the creepy assistant guy in the in the box like the box car where they're hiding he was the one that predicted the reapers he did yeah he was the og he was the first one we should have listened to him should have listened to him guess who didn't listen guess who still didn't listen at the beginning of mass effect 3 the council, <laughs> the the admiralty board for the whole human race. Yeah. Hmm. And they're like, how much time we have? Man, we don't have time. <laughs> yeah. We had time 10 years ago. Our building is literally blowing up and you're asking us how much time we have? Nah. Yeah. Nah. What can we do? Nothing. <laughs> Run. <laughs> Run. Yeah, I think I remember that scene because they're like, what should we do? And like, it's as one the, of those as things the Reapers like just coming wish... down into London and like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like oh my god the thing i just real. really wanted the option i really want the dragon age 2 did the sarcasm option very well 
Yeah. And the, I love playing Dragon Age 2 as a sarcastic hawk. Mm-hmm. And I really wish Mass Effect had a sarcasm uh, response because, mm-hmm. man, I would be like, I can imagine like the sarcastic response, like, what should we do? And then have him just go eh, rubbing his <laughs> eyes like, let me tell you. <laughs> Did we but, not talk about this already? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk about this for five years. God, man. By the way, I probably spent like most of the time designing my shepherd because I refuse to use the default shepherd. Hell yeah. And every time, every time there's something I'm like, like it always looks different in the character creator than when you go into the game and it's like, oh man, should have probably changed that. Yeah. Sometimes I wish you could actually change it Mm -hmm. like mid game. Yeah. Don't worry. I can change it in Mass Effect 2. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice because with the legendary edition, you can actually transfer that same, that literal same model. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Good, good, good. So I've been playing that. Yeah. Uh, I'm like kind of dreading the Citadel because I remember Eden Prime being shorter, but like I remember it kind of sucking, but also like it being a lot shorter. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the Citadel is going to take me like three hours. <laughs> yes, yes, you're going to be in the Citadel for quite a while. So I'm. Uh, it's all right. No shows recording the next two days, so uh <laughs> guess I'll get that done. All right, there we go. Uh, man. But I do have to say, do have to say, Mass Effect 1, this version of Mass Effect 1 feels way better. It plays like Mass Effect 2 and 3. Well, I mean, like, mm-hmm. what I remember them playing, like, uh, still has that, like, weird RPG kind of, like, hit detection system, but at least it feels like I'm shooting them, so. Yeah. Yeah, it feels accurate instead yeah. of just like I think my bullets are landing. <laughs> yeah, I picked uh, I picked Vanguard. So. Oh, okay. Uh, which was I don't know if I should have picked Vanguard or not. I probably should have just picked Soldier. But I was like, I play a Soldier all the time. I'm gonna switch it up. I want to throw people and snipe them in the air. Mm-hmm. You did that. say that. Yeah. Haven't haven't done that yet. Well, you haven't unlocked the ability yet. I know. I will though. Also, I'm trying to figure out who I'm already pre prepping on who I'm going to save at the end of like on uh, what is it? Vermeer. Yeah. At the end where or not at the end, but like where you have to choose who stays and who leaves. Mm-hmm. Still trying to figure that out. I hate Caden. But I also know Ashley's kind of a space racist. Yeah. Right. But hmm. they really like, you know, they make it hard because they uh, like <laughs> they don't make either one likable. I know. So it's almost like to the point where it's like, which one do you hate the most? Yeah. It's Caden because he's also Karth in Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, that, yeah. That voice actor. And I already spent like 40 hours with that dude in that game. Mm. And then already spent like two playthroughs with him in Mass Effect. I'm like, I can't. I can't. But also, I feel like if I left Ashley alive and I made it known to the internet, I'd be canceled. So... No, because you know what? You would see the good in people, right? Because that's what matters to all these people, right? Yeah. You you see the good in people underneath? Yeah. And I, I saved her the first time I played Mass Effect. And, like, there she has a redemption arc in Mass Effect 3. So She does. Obviously. Yeah. She, she does come around. I mean, it's it's just, God, the, the internet, man. Well, even, like, Navigator Presley, like, in, the, in yeah. Mass Effect 1, man, he's, like, like all out about like why do we have these aliens on board a human ship get these aliens off our damn ship yeah. like he's not shy about it but like 
when you're reading uh, the journal entries in two, when you discover the remnants of uh-huh. the Normandy, yeah. like it's like, oh man, he was actually coming around. Yeah. Man, the opening of Mass Effect 2. Can we just talk about how good that is for a second? Oh, gee, yeah, we could talk about yeah, it as like much just, as you want. Just that opening, like where like you're running through the ship and like, well, for me it was Liara because I romance her and she like, you just like you get blasted out into space and then you realize like your oxygen is leaking and you're like <laughs> yeah and then you wake up in the Cerberus lab and then you got to talk to Jacob who's the worst character and you're like oh my god I think it's Miranda why first, does actually, why, but... why do people hate Jacob so much I really don't understand I don't I don't like it I don't know I I try to talk to him the least amount of everybody in that game I don't know if I necessarily like him or don't dislike him I just never I went out problem... of my way to talk to him. That is true. He do, he lacks in personality because he's all business. Mm-hmm. He's a soldier. Mm-hmm. So he's like, just tell me where to shoot. Tell me how to jump. Tell me when to jump. Like, I'll do it. Like, he follows orders, like, to the max. And, yeah. You know, even Miranda makes one of them. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Plus, uh, I think Bioware was a- actively wanting you to talk to Miranda. You know, camera yeah. shots and just her skin tight bodysuit and, you know. Well, hey, man, she was designed to be perfect yeah. in every way. It's true. And and I, I think I think a lot of people missed the mark on that. <laughs> on on the story on the storytelling aspect of what Miranda is mm-hmm. and what the game how the game was trying to tell you that. Yep. Whatever. It's fine. It's all fine. Uh, so also I have been, I dabbled in Pokemon Legends Arceus was the other game I dabbled in and, uh, they got me. I I don't know if I like it. I don't think I do, mm. but I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep, keep pushing through. And I've also been playing more Metroid Dread because I would like to finish that game soon. Did you drop it down to rookie mode? No, no. <laughs> I thought about it, but I did not. Mm-hmm. I have thought about it, though. Yeah. Because I just want to play it. I just want to beat it. You know, I just want to be like, I finished it, and I'm proud of yeah. myself. I may do that. I mean, I, I, I've i gotten a good ways away, and I do want to just finish it. Yeah. So. I might do that. You can do that mid-game, right? You can just <clears> drop it in, drop it down mid-game, right? I don't know, actually. I have my I Switch right had... in front of me. I guess I could just look, but. You know. Also, I was in the store looking for good deals, even though I just picked up a couple things and probably that shouldn't n- spend that, any more money. But that's okay. That that Nintendo Switch eShop is just filled with stuff. I know. Inside is a so dollar ninety nine. Right now. Oh, that's cool. Inside and Limbo are both a dollar ninety nine. You can get them both for three fifty in a bundle, as they say. Both are good, solid games. They are. They sure are. Um. But I I picked up uh, a couple things. I picked up Fire Emblem and Fire Emblem Warriors physically to add to my collection. Mm. I also got the Mass Effect Legendary Edition physically. So I'm like, cool. Let's just add yeah. it. Just shove it in there on that shelf. You know? Yeah. I actually picked up a uh, Dreamcast over the weekend. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I have a Japanese Dreamcast, but I can only play Japanese games because I got that from a friend of mine. Mm. And um, so I have I have an American Dreamcast right now that plays American games. 
And uh, yeah, I was playing Sonic Adventure too. <laughs> yeah, how was that? That game is so that game is so good. It looks so it looks so trash on my HD TV, but yeah. it's still like you know, I don't know. It looks good. Like I'm trying to kind of transport myself back to when I first played it and how it looked. And that's I, I'm letting my memory fill in fill in the gaps. But I think it still looks good. It looks fine. That's good. That's good. I uh, I need to get another controller for my Dreamcast. I I only I had I had three. Do you want me to send you one? <laughs> Why do you have how many do you have? I have like four or five of them. <laughs> oh. I mean, well, actually, four. I mounted one. So, yeah. called do it a mounty. I, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I don't, sure. I don't need right. it like right now, but okay. Well, just something we'll, I was thinking about. We'll be in touch. If you want it, just let me know. Just say the word, I'll send it to you. Word. Okay. Uh, you want me to send it to you now? <laughs> yes, I want you to <laughs> pause the podcast and send it to me right now. All right, I guess I got a small box. Uh man. Uh what what game did you get for it besides Sonic Adventure 2? Um I ended up picking up uh I don't know, I don't think I picked up anything for it because I ended up picking up a couple other like classic games like I ended up uh scooping up a uh, Tenchu, I think it's Wrath of Heaven hmm. uh for the Xbox and then uh, nice. whatever the other one was for the PlayStation 2. And then um uh, I ended up picking up like Shadowgate 64 for the Nintendo 64, and um, nice. And then uh, Dino Crisis for the PlayStation, even though I already have it. Ooh, Dino Crisis. So, oops. You should be getting those for Dreamcast, man. Yeah, I know. Um, it's hard Dreamcast to find games Dreamcast are... games now. <laughs> There's they're worth so much. Like uh, yeah, I know. I found uh, I found a couple of Dreamcast games that like I when Dreamcast was still like. I don't know. It was dead, but it wasn't like, you know, retro or anything. Right. And, and like the local stores around here would just have Dreamcast games for like three to five bucks a piece. And I would just pick them all up. And I picked up this game called uh, Ill Bleed. Dude, you know how much that game is worth now? I know. I just sold it. You sold it? Yeah. How much did you sell it for? I sold it complete inbox for $165. Oh, it's worth. When did you sell it? About a year ago. Okay, it's uh, worth double that now. Yeah, I know. Uh, I also have Blue Stinger, which is not as expensive as that, but it's getting up there. Yeah, Uh, I think right right, right now I'm looking at it, it's like 40 bucks. Yeah, it's set in the same universe, so Mm -hmm. there's like three games set in the same universe. It's Blue Stinger, Illbleed, and then there's something else. I forget what it is. Yeah, actually, Sonic Adventure 2 is worth 110 bucks now. Ooh, I should get rid of mine. Wow. (laughs) Hmm. And I have, I think I have two copies of that for some reason. Ooh. I mean, it, it depends. Like, actually, Mortal Kombat Gold is $70. Grandia 2 is 50 You should look up the Resident Evil games. I know Code Veronica for Dreamcast is worth a lot. It used to be, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I had that for PlayStation 2. I never picked it up for the, um, I never picked it up for the Dreamcast. So, yeah, let me look it up. Yeah, Dreamcast games are starting to be worth a ton of money. Yeah, um, actually... Sega Saturn games are worth a ton of money, but mm-hmm. I think more so it's because of the cases. Right. Because the cases just empty are yeah. worth 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, like, if you find any uh, Saturn sports games, you should just scoop them up. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that. Oh. I thought about... Code Veronica for Dreamcast actually isn't as much as I thought. It's 45. Oh, really? That used to be, like, close to 100. My... Yeah. My cousin and I used to go like eBay, like we would specifically go out and hunt for games 
to sell on eBay and uh, mm-hmm. Dreamcast games, especially Resident Evil ones, were always up there. One of them is worth a ton. Maybe it's two. I don't know. I don't know which one. I thought it was Code Veronica. Maybe it's two. Hmm. Maybe the prices have just changed since then. Because this was like years ago. They change quite often. You know, like it's kind of crazy how things can skyrocket. And it's all depending on like what big YouTuber is talking about on YouTube. Like it's one of those things I always, Josh and I always make fun of it because it's like if Metal Jesus holds up a game and says, Hey, I have this game for my Nintendo. It's kind of an underrated classic, but you know, and no one's played it, but it's still a good game. Immediately, the the price mm-hmm. jumps, doubles, if not triples. Yeah, yeah. We should we should start doing that, like faking faking that. Well, I played uh Bayou Billy on the NES, and uh, it's 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 an okay game. Hey, you guys remember Hogan's Alley? Yeah, like totally worth your time. Like it's worth <laughs> you know, it's it's an underrated classic, and watch the yeah. prices jump. You know Tom Sawyer's Island? Yeah, it's kind of like Bayou Billy, and it's kind of racist, but it's still an okay game. Yeah. yeah, it's still a good game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Learn you some things. Yeah. <laughs> Learn some racist terms for uh, Native Americans and black people yeah. that are totally in the game, by the way. <laughs> well, it's, it was uh, – that was the time, I, I know. guess. Yeah. I know. It's so – God, I don't even – Yeah. Anyway. Um, but, yeah. Hizzle. Anyways, I uh, there's something else I got too, but I, I forget. I, I, I got some stuff on the Xbox sale this past week too. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting a Valkyria Revolution, which is like the, uh, it's like this uh, spinoff of Valkyria Chronicles, and it's like an RPG, and it's not very good, but I still wanted to play it because it's it was five bucks. Yeah, it wasn't good. I was really excited because I was really into Valkyria Chronicles at the time, but then all of a sudden when that came out, I was like, ugh. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. So, um, my controller is not syncing to my Xbox. That's not. That's oh not great. dear! Oh no! Oh no! Now my chair is stuck under the plastic thing that it rolls on. Oh no! I did actually. I should share it to the. Um, I should share it to the Discord group. But um, I did finally work on that um, that piece of like reclaimed wood. You know yeah. that sectional wood. I stained it, varnished it, and actually super glued controllers onto it nice and i I actually am hanging it on my wall i'm looking at it right now so such a such a piece of art nice (laughs) i thought about doing some shadow boxes for like games that i really loved that i own digitally or multiple copies of or you know older games that you know like nes games i'm never gonna pull out my nes and play it again right but it Mm -hmm. it'd be cool to have like a shadow box of like super mario 2 or something yeah all the ninja turtles games yeah, I, I know. I think there's like uh, there's some there's a couple of people on Etsy that like take apart games mm-hmm. or like take apart systems or whatever, and then put them in a box like a clear like a clear box. You yeah. know? Yeah. There's people on Etsy that do that. Yeah. I thought about doing that with. I have two original Xboxes, and I thought about doing that with one of them, just like taking mm-hmm. it apart and shadow boxing it. Yeah. You know. I suppose one... you could. Yeah, you could. You could do it yourself too. I could, but. It's a lot of work. That yeah. yeah, and children. So, well, well, you can you can make them do it for you. God, yeah, right, right. I sure, mean, put them to work, bro. <laughs> you're you're what almost four. It's time to get a job. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Time to get a job. Speaking of jobs, let's get into the headlines, story, the news. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, Google Stadia seems to be shutting its uh, shutting down in favor of business and enterprise technology. In a recent report, it, uh, the new name will be Google Stream, with Google aiming to selling the technology to companies like Peloton, Bungie, and more. Which is super interesting. That would be surprising if Bungie actually acquired it. Well, I know they were in talks, like because they made that huge deal that remember every copy of of uh, Stadia would come free with Destiny and it that all the way true. up through Beyond Light they got for mm-hmm. free. And uh, Bungie's been really wanting to make Destiny accessible everywhere, mm-hmm. even it's like a cloud version of of the game on your phones and stuff to try to you know do stuff and. Um, they tried a little bit with the tech through through xCloud, and then they, when it was removed from Game Pass, they they were really heavily talking to Google about uh, helping them develop an app with this streaming technology because obviously Google Stadia's Google Stadia, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a shame. I have uh, I have the Google Stadia service. I should actually probably cancel my subscription. I should do that right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I thought about getting it for a while. I was like, this, this, this right here is probably the future of gaming. They are just way ahead of their time, you know. Yeah, and- I think it is. Like, if Google actually really invested in the software and really invested in their first party development, I think they really could have had something with this. Yeah, and like, also buying games a la carte for streaming probably wasn't the smartest idea either. They yeah. probably should have had some sort of. I don't know, subscription, I guess a Game Pass style thing for them, right? I think that's what Amazon's doing with Luna, right? With it's, They have like a Game Pass style service, but they also have, uh, you know, add-on packs, mm-hmm. right? And I think I think Stadia would have been much more successful if they did something like that and had a first-party game at launch that people wanted to play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter the tech. It's, it's about the games, right? We talk about that about kind of about Switch a lot of the time or you know, any of these big behemoths, right? Like, I mean, Xbox has Halo, right? That that Halo made the Xbox, and if they didn't have Halo, Xbox probably would have been dead on arrival, right? Yeah. I mean, they, you know, like I said, there's always that one kind of piece of software that really defines a system generation. Yeah. So. so uh, I'm sad to see. I'm sad to see it, though. Like, I know it's been a butt of a bunch of jokes, but... It was yeah. definitely a technology that was worth paying attention to, I think. And uh, uh, yeah, <clears throat> I mean, Game pa- or Game Pass and XCloud clearly kind of won that battle, at least for the time being. And at least they're looking to, you know, use the tech other places and not just abandoning it, abandoning it, right? So, well, like I said, I I, I really think it's it kind of boils down to just um, broadband access. I mean, when you think of how many people really don't have good solid broadband access you can't take advantage of a streaming service like this and i mean that's why it's been such a slow roll like microsoft's got its cloud you know google's got this which uh, hopefully they plan on farming out to other companies that could actually do something with it but um you know it's a good service but really i think we really have to catch up with our internet service yeah actually not to like you know 
whatever Sony, whatever. But I think Sony could actually probably benefit a lot from this. You know, if they're going to yeah. try to compete with Game Pass and uh, if whatever the Spartacus project they're working on is, like, they could definitely use something streaming wise because PlayStation Now just kind of sucks at streaming, right? That's it's kind of like the big negative about that. So if they mm-hmm. could kind of like rebundle this Spartacus package and be like PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now and everything and have this Google streaming tech instead of Gaikai streaming tech, which don't get me wrong, Gaikai's was impressive at the time, but it hasn't evolved. And no, it really hasn't. Microsoft's service is awesome, at least you know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's not perfect, but it's it's serviceable, you know. Yeah. Uh, and well, it's a lot more stable than Now is. That's for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I, I, if they want to compete with what Microsoft's doing, I think Sony should really kind of look into maybe striking a deal. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what's maybe that's what Google is setting itself up to be. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I mean, it, it, it could work out for them. Yeah, it would be really smart for them. And, and even expanding past games, right? Like Peloton, they said, is something which is like, you know, the rich people's bike service, <laughs> stationary yeah, right, bike no service. Yeah, <laughs> So that's uh, we'll see. But sorry, Stadia, you just weren't meant for this world. Your controller was cool mm-hmm. looking, though. I liked their controller. It is. It's a nice. It's a nice controller. It's a nice controller. I'll tell you that. I wonder if you'll be able to use it. Like I, I I'm sure you'll be able to plug it in and use it for XCloud and stuff, right? I'm sure. Maybe. It's just a standard Bluetooth controller. Yeah. Yeah. So, still use it, I guess. Neat. Yeah. All right, story. let's move on to the next story. As if you weren't surprised, there's a new Call of Duty coming this year. It has been confirmed to be Modern Warfare 2, the sequel to 2019's stellar uh, Modern Warfare reboot. Uh, Also confirmed, though, as a big surprise, this is Warzone 2, revealed by Activision as well. This comes from our friends over at Pure Xbox. We've got some official details of, about plans for Call of Duty franchise in 2022, courtesy of Activision, revealing that this year's game will be a sequel to Modern Warfare, a previous, as previously reported earlier this year. To be fair, we all knew this was coming, right? Like three years ago when Modern Warfare was released. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it set itself up for a sequel. Yeah. So, um, I bought that game a couple weeks ago. I would really like to play the campaign. I hear it's fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's really good. It's probably one of the better campaigns. I, Infinity Ward, I think, is the more superior uh, Call of Duty developer. I mean, they were the first. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Call of Duty first came out, they were the first on the map with mm-hmm. you know uh, a lot of the ex Medal of Honor devs. Yeah, and I mean, they ha- I mean they obviously had a little bit of a downfall when uh, everybody that went to respawn left, right? But they seem mm-hmm. to be making their way back up and are still the premiere. You know, I would say that at least campaign wise, they're the premiere. And then I would say Treyarch was probably multiplayer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the game will be developed by infinity ward and featured a brand new engine. While a new version of Warzone is also being created alongside it also by infinity ward with both games being designed from the ground up. The other de- the only other details uh, that have been revealed for, now are to quote expect a massive evolution of battle royale and all new play space and new sandbox mode. So it sounds like this is going to be a pretty hectic year for the Call of Duty franchise. This is kind of what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, right? Where we kind of see uh, Game Pass being the home of the campaigns and Warzone being the multiplayer suite. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that that's smart if this is the way they're going. Yeah. So. Because that's, I mean, that's what makes them money overall. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, I, ho- I hope so, they take that direction, at least, where the multiplayer, like the entire multiplayer suite, not just Warzone Battle Royale, right? Mm-hmm. I hope I hope they take that step. Cause... Yeah, I mean, it would be nice for them to kind of uh, lump everything together in Warzone yeah. and have it just be called that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, yeah, have those multiple different multiplayer, you know, suites that they could kind of get access to. But Right. And, like, as as the next few games come out, right, you just add it as, like, a... Oh well, I want to play. Like you could uninstall Modern Warfare's multiplayer, and you could install Black Ops 7's multiplayer or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I think that would be the smart way to go. Or if you want to play both, like maybe it's like a Master Chief Collection type hub where you know you can play any of the multiplayer's anytime you want, which could also be good. Game breaking, maybe, but yeah, smart, maybe. So well, I. You know, and that's one of the things that I'm really hoping. One of the biggest things I'm hoping with is Activision acquisition. Uh, Say that is, five times fast. Yeah, Activision acquisition <laughs> is um, uh, them kind of stepping away from the whole yearly, yearly iteration of mm-hmm. Call of Duty. Yeah, I mean, I I think we're we're obviously still we're still seeing Call of Duty being at the top of the charts year after year, so. You know, they're always one of the best-selling games, if not these best-selling game year after year. But, you know, people are starting to feel the fatigue, and sales numbers are dropping, so that's something to still notice. Yeah. Yeah, so, but also, I think... What was the one where they went to space? Infinite Warfare? Was that the space Infinite one? Infinite Warfare, yeah. I think yeah. I think when people's butt of every joke was like, where do they go next, space? And then they made the space one, and everybody was like... They need to reset and go to World War Two, and then World War Two came out, and everybody was like, "Well, maybe we don't really want a World War Two shooter from Call of Duty." <laughs> Listen, you're never gonna understand the fan base because the fan base are a bunch of idiots. They're a bunch of idiots that don't know what they want the next day compared to what they want in their favorite franchise. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's just there's no consensus. The problem is, is that with such a big fan base, there's always these little like groups of people that some people say I liked Infinite Warfare, some people say I hated it, some people said, well, I like World War II better than Black Ops Three, and vice versa. So yeah, I just you know what, I make the game that you want, and if people jump on it, great. If they don't, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, uh, I haven't played a a campaign since Ghost, I think. So oh man, that's. Ghost is the worst one. <laughs> I know. Well, I played I played the two that were on the Wii U. So, what was yeah. that? Black Ops 2 and Ghost, I think, were the two that were on Wii U. And uh, let me tell you, if you want to be good, feel good about playing Call of Duty, play the Wii U versions. Cause... <laughs> Why? Because nobody... I've, I've never done it. So. No, at, nobody's good on the Wii U. No, oh, okay. nobody's good at Call of Duty. Everybody's playing on Xbox, who's good at Call of Duty. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I suppose uh, I did it when when we were when Pow Block was the only show I was doing, and uh, we were kind of talking about all the third party stuff. So I made the sacrifice and played Call of Duty. Wow, you're so brave. I know to make that sacrifice. I know it was fine. Uh. All right, let's head into the wrap-up here, which I think we might both have more to say on this next one than... Uh... Than anything, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Splinter is going to be a playable character in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge in a new eight-minute gameplay video. 
Daimu showed off the combat of the Radical Rat and the Turtle's female companion, April O'Neil. The game is hitting in all the right places in terms of nostalgia, and many fans are looking for anything good from the franchise. I would like some sort of release window. <laughs> yeah, 2022. I have it right I know. here. 20, it just I, need, I, I need something more narrow. I know, like next week. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, did you see the Martha is Dead uh, trailer? Uh-uh. It's like a, it looks like a kind of like a dystopian futuristic Bioshock. Oh, really? Um, it looks, it, it looks really good. Is like, this the game that got censored on PlayStation and everybody's pissed about it? No, that's Martha is Dead. That's what I'm saying. But this is different. This is a different game. What? Wait, what did you say? I said Atomic Heart. Oh, I thought you said Martha is Dead. No. Did I? Maybe I did. I think you did. <laughs> that's why I asked you. Hey, hey, Jamie, replay back that tape. No. Jamie. I don't have a Jamie. I don't have a Jamie. I don't have a Jamie either. You don't have a Jamie? Okay. No. All right. Well, well, I guess you could just edit that in post. You'll have to actually like edit in me saying Atomic Heart. Mm. Um, Atomic. Okay. Heart Atomic. Good, a- Atomic Heart. Yeah. Um, that. Uh, I forgot where I was going with that. It's like a. The last oh. thing you said was like it's a dystopian Bioshock. Was the last thing you said? Yeah. It pretty much. Yeah. It pretty much is. Yeah. Um, anyway, I forget what I was saying. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome. I, where's the Casey Jones trailer, guys? I'm waiting for it. Come on. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. Now I remember. Now I remember. Um, the Atomic Hearts trailer at the end of it kind of had this slow animation of the year that it was coming out. And it said 2022. And then it had half of the month edited out. And then it ended in E. Um, um, B E R. Mm. So it could be, you know, October, September, November, October, December. November, or December. Mm. So obviously, it could. It's coming out in the last half. So mm. at least Dot Mayo, give me that. Yeah, man, that sucks. Just give me a. Stop teasing me, man. I know. Stop teasing. All I want yeah, is but... all I want is to play a good Ninja Turtles game. You know how it long so, it's been? It so good. You know how long it's been? Stoy. Long. Since a good Turtles game? Probably since the arcade. <laughs> not a not an okay Turtles game like on the GameCube or the Xbox 360. Okay. A good yeah. one. Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Okay. Yeah. Hyper Turtles Zone Heist. Time. Yeah, Turtles Hyper Zone Heist yeah. is the, it's the, best. It's the best. Yeah, really. So give me a good Turtles game, Daddy Moo. Hurry up. Take yes. Your, take your time, but hurry up. Yeah. I want it now, but I mean, release it whenever it's ready. But I want it now. Yeah. Take your time. But hurry up. But hurry up. Choice is yours. Don't be late. <laughs> We're not going to get C and D for that, are we? I don't know. Okay. God, I hope not. No. Next up. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, okay, so we could speculate. Obviously, Casey Jones is going to be up there because they'd be mm-hmm. stupid. Not to put him in as a playable character. Mm-hmm. Um, who else could we see hmm. as a playable character? What about the uh, remember the frogs from the cartoon with the Hawaiian shirts? Really, you think so? No, but I'm just saying you could. Or the duck that flies the the blimp. Yeah, I mean, you could be, he could be that guy. Yeah. Um, let's see who else. You can have the robot turtles. Those are kind of villains. They're, they're bad guys, though. Yeah, they're bad guys. Yeah, Slash was a bad guy. Bebop, yeah, Rocksteady, bad yeah. guys. Tolkar and Razor. 
Yeah, still bad guys. We could still do the scientist guys. from Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> you just throw ooze on people. <laughs> that was Baxter, though. Right? Wasn't that Baxter in the movie? Uh-uh. I thought that was Professor Baxter. Uh-uh. Oh. Tyler Perry played Baxter Stockman in the second in the second reboot movie, though. Yeah, he did, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. I like that. I like those uh, Michael Bay ones. So do I. They were decent. I mean, they were uh, good. The second one was be- way better than the first yeah. one. Agreed. Agreed. But, uh, yeah, who else could we see? Pa- what if the Power Rangers show up? Because there was that weird crossover thing. That is true. Hey, don't Batman, want it, fought, but... Batman fought against the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the comics. Yeah, we get Batman. Oh, yeah. Man, that'd be cool. Turtles were in Justice. Yeah. Just saying. They were in Injustice. The only reason why I bought Injustice was because the Ninja Turtles were in it, and I played it for like 20 minutes. Yeah, that was that was it. the reason why I bought the expansion pack. Was like, I mean, that's cool. I got everybody else. I think Red Hood was part of the expansion pack. But then when they said the Ninja Turtles are coming, I was like, oh, that's an instant. Yeah, it's instant. Yeah, it made so. me really want an Arkham styled Ninja Turtles game. Yeah, to, the, based on those models, they were so good. Honestly, that would be really cool if we got like a fully realized like three D action beat 'em up. Mm-hmm. Telling you, that'd be, be awesome. Sick. Be awesome. Pretty, give the turtles sick. grappling hooks so they could, you know. I mean, you could fudge some stuff, right? You give them grappling hooks. You give them uh, some cool weapons and some cool upgrades. Yeah. Telling you, we're designing this game for you. Whoever owns Turtles IP right now, Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. I guess, who doesn't care about games at all right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Free one. That's a free one. Anyways, speaking of free ones. We're going to move on. Ninja Turtles, can't wait. Platinum Games wants to work with Microsoft again. Everybody, tell me where you heard this before. Uh, A lot of Xbox fans may remember that their previous project was unceremoniously canceled due to a combination of Xbox's position at the time and Platinum not fully delivering on deadlines and gameplay. That would be scale-bound, by the way, everybody, in case Mm -hmm. you were sleeping on a rock. Uh... Hideki Kamea stated that fans need to speak up to Xbox and even tweeted out, Phil, let's do this. Okay. I don't really need to see Scalebound anymore, guys. I'm sorry. I want, I I, I, I want, no, I want Scalebound. Come on. You want Scalebound? Yes, I want Scalebound. What do you, what do you want from Scalebound? Fly a freaking dragon, man. Just play Bayonetta 3 because apparently they shoved all those ideas in Bayonetta 3. Yeah, I know, but like, I want a whole game centered around flying dragons not just maybe one little level scene that's fair i want fly i want to fly a dragon yeah it i mean the colors the colors are great in this it kind of looks like a mix between like avatar and like devil may cry and dragonfly yeah i mean it's platinum yeah here's uh here's what here's hideki kamiya's full statement uh he said we did a lot of work on it and it's no use uh it's no use Microsoft keeping the game in its current form, so we'd like to do something about it. Phil, let's do it together. I mean, they had a fully playable gameplay demo. Mm-hmm. 2016? 2017 or something? I think it was like I think it was 15 or 16. Because they showed the multiplayer demo, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they showed like a kind of like a uh like a scripted cutscene mm-hmm. slash gameplay right afterwards. Yeah. But I mean so I imagine they they still have the assets. They still have a lot of the motion capture and graphics and mm-hmm. everything done, the pre-concept work. So all they got to do is just kind of pretty much pick up from where they left off and 
you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would not say no to it. 2015, yeah. I would not say no to it. I'm just uh, concerned that Platinum's pulling themselves too many different directions at this moment. Well, they need to cancel everything else to focus on Scalebound. They need to cancel Babylon's Fall because that game looks like that game looks trash. like trash. That game looks like trash, and that's coming out soon. Yeah, in like <laughs> in like three weeks. I I've, I did not know it was coming out in three weeks until I was listening to a podcast and like, oh yeah, that's what they're working on. And it's out in like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Oof. So. Anyway, I guess uh, sure. I mean, Platinum is a big enough studio that they can work on multiple projects. Like, obviously, they were working on Babylon Fall, and then they're currently working on Bayonetta 3 still. And who knows how long. They've been working on that one for a long time. And there's a rumor that they're working on Astral Chain 2 for Nintendo right now also. And uh, what was the other game that they were working on? There there was a fourth game because they have so many games in development right now. Yeah, because I, I I overheard a rumor that uh, they're working on Vanquish Two. Now that Vanquish Two would be a really cool Xbox exclusive. Like I I would love for them to kind of make an exclusive game for the Xbox, and that would be a good one. Yeah. If Scalebound doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, Look at this. Oh, game. there's like, a. Like you have a you have a dragon fighting battles for you. <laughs> I mean, and, and and your character has like a crossbow. He's like. Don't worry, I'll show him. You launch a little arrow <laughs> while like your fucking dragon's doing the work. <laughs> oh, Project Project GG was the other game they're working on, which is a spiritual sequel to uh, Beautiful Joe, apparently. Oh, okay. Because there's like four people, four people in the world that actually like those two games. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play them, so I can't tell you. I liked Beautiful Joe. That was a cool concept, but. Wonderful 101, just whatever. I played Wonderful 101. And let me tell you, if you want to play a game like Wonderful 101, you can either pl- go back and play Beautiful Joe or play Pikmin. Pick one. <laughs> Don't shove both yeah. ideas into one game and say it's good because it's overrated. I'm going to throw that right. out there. It's... Last, lastly, Stoy, Hellblade well, I want to talk about Scalebound more. Oh, do you? No. <laughs> Okay. okay, we're done. We're done with it. I mean, fine. you could. I don't care. I I mean, I'm, I'm still watching a trailer, and I'm just saying, like, they got, I mean, a lot of work is done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I imagine not, like, a ton of it, because they still got probably a lot more to do. I'm only watching, like, a kind of like a five-minute gameplay trailer of it, but, you know, pre-production's done. All they got to do is pick up from where they left off, maybe make a few other quality of life changes. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they you know. could. I mean, they could probably do a lot more now with the tech that's in these consoles now than they could have back then, right? With a launch Bro, Xbox yeah. One compared to a Series yeah. X, like that's. Uh, yeah, especially if, especially because Platinum said they want to go into the games as a service model. This this kind of feels like if you're going to go the multiplayer route, you could definitely kind of try to do something like that. Maybe not a full on Destiny style multiplayer experience but you could do probably like a borderlands thing where like every six months you release an expansion for it you know i'm i honestly i'm sick of the phrase uh games as a service i hate that phrase so much <laughs> i also am but they platinum came out in a statement their new president said that they are working on a couple games as a service because that's the way the industry is going mm-hmm. and i'm just saying if you want to bring Scalebound back as a multiplayer game with some expansions to you could technically call it that if you want. Yeah, you definitely you could. So 
I'm, I, the more I'm watching this, I'm like, you know what? I could probably maybe get behind Scalebound. See? I could try. I could do it. I could touch it. Touch the dragon. Yeah. Feel the dragon. Be the dragon. He's, he's your best friend. Hmm. All right, okay, so we can last... move on now. <laughs> Lastly here in the wrap-up, Hellblade 2 will be more ambitious than its impre- predecessor... I could tell. Uh, In a a recent interview with NME uh, co-founder Tamim Antonidis discusses the studio's plans for Hellblade 2. I hope I said your name right. Probably butchered it. It's okay. Stoy, any uh, any ideas? Uh, uh, Tamim Antonidis. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's the best I could do too. Great. he stated the goal with Hellblade 2 isn't to be, to perfect it but to create an experience that feels more believable and more refined. Its ambition in terms of scale is bigger. I think Hellblade 2 will make Hellblade look like an indie game. See, I'm I'm worried about this this statement. Why is that? Because what made Hellblade so good was what it focused on. What I'm being led to believe in, in making uh, a bigger style game, they're making it more of a video game than an experience. Because I, I likened Hellblade to being kind of an experience. Mm-hmm. Combat was very much a part of it. It very much provided the difficulty for the game. Mm-hmm. But you were mostly playing for the experience of what, you know, Senua was going through yeah. and her her disability, so to speak. So, um, it's, I hope that's still a focus with Hellblade 2. I imagine it is. Yeah. So maybe when they talk about an experience that feels more believable, maybe more so rooted in, rooted and grounded in terms of conveying, uh, the experiences of psychosis and, you know, the anxiety that Senna was going through. And maybe instead of just like, you know, what we saw, which was like a huge combat scenario in that trailer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. I uh, I mean, I kind of feel like this new, this Hellblade 2 is going to probably be something in the vein of like God of War. This is what I keep getting vibes from. Uh, which is what I hope it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, to your displeasure, I feel like they're going to go bigger with this because of the Microsoft budget and they, Mm -hmm. I, as much as I want that, I also really appreciate this smaller experience. And I feel like if you make it that grander experience, you're really taking away what that first game did. Yeah. Um, And it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a big deal if like the, they didn't make such, if they themselves didn't make such a big deal about what the first game was about and you know, what it's trying to do in terms of teaching people about mental health and stuff. And then you turn around and make the sequel more like, god of war you know like that's i don't know uh as much as i want a grander experience like i I, they haven't really talked about that like with the development of this mm -hmm. they never really kind of delved into the center was a character as opposed to the first one when they talked about the first one and a lot of the lead-ups they kind of really focused and centered around you know they're studying and center was a character and what she's going through whereas with this one all they're saying is we're making a bigger experience. We're making a better experience. We're, you know, and then obviously that big trailer we see, you know, Senua and an army fighting a giant, you know, humanoid type monster thing. Yeah. 
So which could be it could be a maybe like a maybe like a vision or a um, you know like, like, like it could personify some sort of internal struggle that Senna was having. I could see them using that, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, we'll see. I guess it's definitely uh, I don't know. I could see it being i could see them working out really well and i could see it like really just being a, a downer mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I don't know if there's gonna if there's really room for an in-between because i think people are expecting one or the other and yeah. uh, <clears throat> can't have both unfortunately no and i you know i i have no doubt that hellblade 2 is going to be an amazing game but i guess you know whatever whatever decision they go with i'll keep an open mind yeah Well, Stoy, it's time for our segment, Pass It On. Yeah. Where we talk about what's coming to Game Pass this week, even though it's going to change probably three times by the time this episode mm-hmm. comes out. It's okay. What's yeah. coming to Game Pass, Stoy? Uh, Ark Ultimate Survivor Edition. Ooh. Uh, so apparently this is the definitive edition where it comes with all the expansion packs that came with the game before. Now, keep in mind, this isn't the one that Vin Diesel's in. Why not? <laughs> I don't think. I think Vin Diesel is one of the future ones. But um, yeah, apparently this uh, the Ark game is a uh, tame and ride prim- primeval creatures as you explore savage lands, team up with other players to compete in epic tribal battles, and travel together to the greatest dinosaur-filled adventure of all time. So just yeah, Stone Age, Jurassic Park type shit. This comes out on the 14th on Valentine's Day. So actually, by the time you hear this, it will be on there yeah play it with your lady friend or your yep. man friend or you know or just a whoever friend. so infernax is an interesting game that we talked about today on the because uh, this is a this is a game this is a day one exclusive so this is um basically a uh masochistic choose your own adventure castlevania like game so like a retro 16-bit, 8-bit style side-scrolling um, platformer slash adventure game where every boss you encounter, you can choose, like, is it afflicted with some sort of evil or some sort of disease? So mm-hmm. you can either spare them or you could defeat them. And kind of in the same fashion of what Bioshock was, where, like, you know, the little girls, you could either kill them or spare them, like, can kind of affect the ending. So, yeah, yeah um, it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting premise. Cool. So, uh, it kind of has roguelike elements, uh, platforming and puzzle elements, and yeah. Neat. So apparently, uh, and apparently, the developers have gone on to give it their own subgenre. <laughs> they're calling it an ARPG. Oh God. Um, they're calling it, it's called Awesomely Radical Playing Game. Okay. Not what I expected. Hmm. How many, how many, how many more genres do we need until we get a letter in front of RPG? <laughs> I know, no kidding. Well, RPG is not a genre anymore. I know, but it's, it, it's, a, it's a game mechanic because RPGs are in every game out there now. I know. It's just like, man, you have ARPGs, you have CRPGs, you have JRPGs, you have WRPGs. Yep. SRPGs, yeah. TRPGs, all, all all kinds of uh, 
PGs or whatever. Yeah. So, but yeah, that one's coming out on the 14th as well, which is actually kind of surprising because I think it comes out on everything else. Um, oh yeah, it comes out everything else that day too. It's kind of weird. Usually games come out on Tuesday or Friday. Yeah. So. It's weird. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, that that looks kind of interesting. I think I may try that out. That's the nice thing about Game Pass, because you can try it out. If you like it, you keep playing. If you don't, well, then that's it. That's it. Goodbye. Yeah. So we still really don't know what's uh, what's happening on the second half. But uh, on the 15th, just as a reminder, Control is leaving. Code Vein is leaving. Final Fantasy 12, the Zodiac Age. The Medium is leaving. Project Winter and the Falconeer. They're all leaving on the 15th. And I think for a couple weeks after they leave, you can still get them on a 20% discount if you're a Game Pass subscriber. Mm-hmm. So Some of them are more. Yeah. You said, you said what, Code Vein was leaving, you said? Code Vein was leaving, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 12 bucks right now, Code mm-hmm. Vein is, and it's $60 normally. So, I mean, that's a yeah, pretty... And, and keep in mind, Control is not the Series X version right. that's on Game Pass. So that's right. just the standard version. Yeah. Yes. Also, by the way, though, you, the the Ultimate Edition, which is the Series X version, is mm-hmm. also 12 bucks right now. That is actually a really damn good deal. Yeah. So you should play Control. Don't play yep. the normal version of Control. Play the Series X no. version. For the love of God, <clears throat> do you yeah. not play that? I, so I played I played Control, like the regular version or whatever, and it was... Mm-hmm. It was fine. There's a lot of things that game was not optimized for Xbox One. I will tell you. But yeah. you play it, you play that game at 60 frames a second. It's a lot smoother. It's a lot prettier. Yep. It, there's ray tracing in there, and it's like, oh my gosh, this game is is a totally different game. It's mm-hmm. literally it's one of those games that literally the frame rate just makes it a different game. Speaking of uh, remedy games that remedy. developed that developed the amazing. Uh, control game. Um, Crossfire X is encountering a problem this week. Oh God! <laughs> uh, the because when you are supposed when you get the game on Game Pass, and maybe you downloaded this, maybe you're kind of confused as to what you got with Crossfire X. You with the Game Pass version, you're supposed to get the multiplayer, and you're supposed to get the first campaign for free as part of the Game Pass. But, uh. If you download the game and you try to fire up the campaign, you'll find it's locked behind a paywall. You have to pay $9 to unlock that first chapter, which, by all intents and purposes, everything you read about before, it says Crossfire X on Game Pass comes with the first episode of the campaign, and that's it. Whenever the second episode comes out, you know, that you have to pay for. So Microsoft is aware of the problem that Game Pass subscribers can't access the campaign, but they're also aware that the game is utter trash. (laughs) Um, The campaign is awful, and the multiplayer is having a lot of connection problems as well. Yeah. And what what I mean the campaign is awful, I just mean apparently the um, the, uh, enemy AI is terrible. Mm -hmm. The acting and the story is terrible, is like just kind of laughable. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Yeah. So it, it it's interesting. Play control. Just play control. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm. 
I really, I really wanted Crossfire X to be I a really too. good first-person shooter that that I really have been looking for. But once I started kind of hearing what other people have been saying about it and this whole Game Pass thing, I'm just like, eh, maybe it's a good thing. Yeah, just yeah. I don't know. I thought about downloading it, but I was like, no, because I hear I just I'm hearing too many things. It's just like I don't even want to give it my Game Pass time. <laughs> yeah. So I I, I think I deleted it off my hard drive because i you know I, I checked it like every couple days i'm like oh let's see if it's up there nope not still not up there because i i at least want to kind of try it because sometimes you know people are just a little bit harsher than what they really are but um yeah so yeah anyways is, is that is that all that's coming to game pass this week is that that's it? all that's all i just wanted to drop that little bit of news about crossfire x because i imagine if you have game pass you're kind of confused on to what you got mm-hmm. with crossfire x and yeah, that's a problem. Microsoft is aware of it, but they're all I imagine they're also aware that not a lot of people are liking this game. So do we really want to give this game away for free or do we want to wait for them to freaking fix it? <laughs> right. Well. All right, Stoy. Well, let's get into our topic of the show. As they say. Mm-hmm. So recently Microsoft came out and said that they're planning on leaving Call of Duty and other Activision Blizzard games multi-platform and they actually want to get uh, more games across multiple platforms. And it just seems like their strategy with they're being very picky and choosy with their strategies on certain games and stuff. And I thought it would be kind of uh, a unique topic to kind of talk about what we think Microsoft's strategy is now that they own all of these studios and these publishing arms after all of these acquisitions. Uh, I know we kind of talked a little bit about who they could acquire next which by the way rumors coming out story after we had our discussion last week that square wants to move away from their western arm and kind of so they really actually do yeah okay how they're looking to offload their western arm which would be mm-hmm. uh what what do we say idos montreal crystal dynamics, crystal dynamics. and uh crystal crystal dynamics no, Montreal, right? I don't know, um, mm. but that would that would mean like Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and Legacy of Kane are like the three big franchises that they have right now, and Guardians, I guess, too. Yeah, uh, of the Galaxy and Avengers. So, I was just wondering what you thought about Microsoft's strategy because Bethesda is clearly one strategy, Activision is a different strategy. So what are your what are your thoughts on these different strategies that they're taking these different approaches? Well, Microsoft has always said from the get go that uh, they want uh, they want um, Xbox on as many platforms as possible. Yes. So they want it. They want to have a foothold in as many platforms as possible. So obviously you're not going to sell Halo on PlayStation or Nintendo systems. They try you know, because that's a that's a firmly rooted xbox system mainstay so the activision acquisition is probably the best thing that they could do the next best thing they could do in terms of if they release a call of duty multiplayer game that people will buy on a playstation system that part of that money obviously goes to microsoft's pockets Mm -hmm. you know as well as sony's pockets which could get butt hurt to sony because i liken it to like imagine you're a ford car dealer your car dealer and you're exclusively supposed to sell Fords, but Chevy wants to come in and sell, you know, cars in your dealership too, even though Ford 
is kind of paying your dealership, so to speak. Right. So it's kind of a little bit of that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think I think it makes sense, though, for I mean, obviously, Call of Duty is like a Minecraft situation. Right. And they're kind of even evolving Warzone 2 probably into something like that as well as like it's just it's so it transcends consoles. Mm-hmm. And so it's probably smart to keep stuff like that and kind of move these games where they make sense. Uh, I think Overwatch is kind of at that point, too, where it's not as big as Call of Duty, but it, Overwatch kind of really transcends consoles, and it's it's a brand that people... All of Blizzard's games, to an extent, yeah. at this point. Uh, so, like, yeah, it makes sense, because Bethesda has always had a relationship with Microsoft, so maybe you want to keep a lot of that future stuff exclusive for Game Pass. But Activision... Blizzard has always been where's the money <laughs> and mm-hmm. so yeah Call of Duty makes sense Overwatch makes sense I think getting kid friendly stuff onto like Switch even would make sense uh, and <clears throat> then Microsoft can always say hey yeah we're selling it on all platforms but if you if you want it for free subscribe to Game Pass you know that's that's the angle yeah that's the angle a lot of people thought they were going to take with Bethesda you know, mm-hmm. before they kind of came out and said, no, we're not doing that. Because, like, they obviously think that whatever sales they're not making up on PlayStation is worth getting past subscriptions with Elder Scrolls and Starfield and Fallout and whatever the next couple games are, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's they could make more money selling, you know, and, and, you know, Bethesda itself is obviously has to look up for their number one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to kind of admit that Microsoft doesn't necessarily hold all the power, even though they own them. Yeah. It's not like they just kind of walked in to Activision Studios or publishing arm with a case with a suitcase full of money and just say, here's what we're bu- here's what we're doing. It's not a hostile takeover. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Microsoft had to make concessions. Yeah. In order to acquire these studios. Right. So because it's not like Todd Howard of Bethesda would have just willingly just like, you know, lied down, pulled his pants down and say, all right, I'll take whatever you got. I mean, they they, they probably paid a ton of money in retention. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, somewhere down the line, I could see, I mean, not that he will at this point in his career, but I could see Todd Howard, like after five years being like, you know what? I'm packing my bags. I'm done. You know, Mm -hmm. after his retention's up, I could see, uh, uh, God, what's his name? Their marketing guy, Pete Hines. Yeah. He could either pack his bags and go somewhere else or be worked into the Microsoft marketing fold in general, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is kind of job security because obviously if either of these guys leave, Microsoft's got like tons of openings for them, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think, I think that a lot of what Bethesda was doing was really interesting, Mm -hmm. but I think the way they got kind of, and sort of, I don't see I'm hearing conflicting things. Like, were they really in financial trouble? Because I really doubt it. Because like, I I think they were banking on fallout 76 to be a big thing. Yeah. I think that they, they had a lot of faith in that. And then obviously when it kind of fell like a dud, yeah, I think they had to kind of like backpedal into what their projections were. Yeah. I just, I just, I've, you know, you sell like 40 million versions of, of Skyrim, right? Like, that should keep you afloat for a while, right? They're not, it's not like Bethesda's like a gigantic company or anything. I mean, they're big, but they're not like, 
it's they're not Ubisoft, EA, Activision big. You know, they're, yeah, they're quite small. And like, yeah, okay, maybe Doom or Wolfenstein didn't sell as well as you wanted them to. Like, I don't, I don't feel like Wolfenstein sold enough at all for them. Or no, honestly, <clears throat> Wolfenstein is like too good for what its sales numbers are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially that second one. Yeah, the second one was good. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I just I feel like I've been hearing conflicting things. Unless they're just terrible money managers at that company, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, there's yeah. I don't see them being in financial. They're not even like a publicly traded company either. It's all mm. in house, you know. So like, I I don't know. Uh, yeah. But like the rumor was that they were going to Sony to pitch these exclusives because Sony was going to pay them and they needed that financial security. And it's like, well, but why? You know, you sell 15 million copies of Doom, you sell 40 million copies of Skyrim, you sell all kinds of Fallout and everything. It's like, I don't know. But and at any at any rate, like having those games on Game Pass is is like a big swing for them. But also, like, keeping Activision stuff multi-platform is also a big swing for them because, like you said earlier, they're going to get all the money off the back end for a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just smart, you know? What, you know, it, it, admittedly, obviously, Microsoft wants is a business first. They want to make money. You know, obviously, they want to bring good experiences, but good experiences means money. Mm-hmm. So if they bring good experiences, if they get good studios that make good games and they fund that, you know, to these studios and to these publishers and they get these good experiences, that means more money in Microsoft's pocket. So ultimately, in the end, let's not forget these developers, these publishers, Microsoft itself, their businesses, their businesses run to make money. So that's their strategy mm-hmm. is like, how can we get as much financial gain as possible? We just spent nearly a hundred billion dollars on all these studios over the last few years. So let's start to see some return from these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, uh, I know that report came out where Phil Spencer said they're not raising the, the, the price of game pass ultimate, which is like, that's great. Well, the for last us. time they tried to do that, that, uh, they got huge backlash. <laughs> uh, well, no, they got that for gold. They were going to yeah, double the price the of thing. gold. If they tried to, if they tried to do that for game pass ultimate, man, be even worse <laughs> yeah i i just i feel like <laughs> i get like 15 dollars is a great price point but at what point like I, man they just i feel well, like that I feel as, like they... as a business when you price something when you price something and i just heard this recently when you price something you really got to kind of take it take consideration of what you can do later on in the future right if you make something too cheap you say game pass is 10 bucks a month and you know you're you're increasing the value for Game Pass. You know more big games are coming to Game Pass. You can't increase the price because that's going to get people to you know cancel your service. Even though it's like we're only increasing at five dollars a month, which you know in some cases it's not the big, uh, not a big deal. But for some people, they say five bucks a month. Nope, done. Yeah. Don't I don't see a value in that extra five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. You know they can go dump that money somewhere else. But if you price it too high. You know, and you get a small fan base of people coming to that service, and then all of a sudden you drop it five bucks. Mm-hmm. Then you get a huge influx more of people coming mm-hmm. in. Yeah, you have better leeway that way. So it's almost like you should be pricing it higher than what you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can always drop the price. You can't just always raise the price. Right. 
I'm just I'm just starting to wonder like if Microsoft has too much now on their plate because they're at a point where they could release a major title onto Game Pass every two months theoretically once these games yeah. start rolling out, which is great. It's great for us as consumers. It's just like, do they have the bandwidth to manage all these studios? And I understand like Bethesda is going to kind of be under their own umbrella and Activision and Blizzard are going to be under their own umbrellas, but like, you know, have their own management and everything. But like, man, Microsoft just has so much now. And the fact that there's mm-hmm. that they're going to probably end up with a couple more by the end of the year is like, how, how do you have the bandwidth to, to just buy all these things and keep it all lined up and keep all your ducks in a row? Like, it's, well, keep keep in mind what Microsoft's vision is. Microsoft's vision is let the developers do the work. So they're just kind of like the dad sending the kids off to college. It's like, hey, hey, get out there to do the work. You know, get what you need to get done. We're here as your support. We're here as your backup. I, make, I know, but if you that you want, I I understand that. But like, if if a game's gonna like, if you have a timetable where a game's gonna take theoretically, let's just say four years, mm-hmm. and then it gets delayed, and then it gets delayed, and it takes seven, eight, nine years. You think Microsoft's not going to jump in at some point? Well, I mean, they're either going to cancel the game or they're just going to, you know, give them the time. I mean, you know, they've done that before. They've allowed Halo Infinite to be delayed by a whole year. And the initial plan for releasing the Series X at the time was to be in line with Halo Infinite's release. Yeah. Well, I, so yeah, but, I, I think Microsoft but, is going to be more forgiving than other stu- other publishers. And let's keep also keep in mind, too, the recent negative negativity of what publishers have gotten for releasing games too early or releasing games before they're ready uh-huh. to say, we need this game to come out this quarter. So we're going to release it, whether it's ready or not, it's going to burn you in the ass more so than just delaying a game, maybe an extra few months or an extra year just to get it done. Right. Which God help Microsoft if they, you know, released infinite a year before it was supposed to come out. Yeah. If oh, it was man. supposed to come out in 20, if it came out in 2021 or 2020 during that fall, oh my God, that would have been the end of the Halo franchise. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, a game like Halo, where you have a whole studio dedicated to one franchise, I feel like, it, especially your flagship cha- franchise, is that you don't think they're going to treat that differently than like Obsidian's Outer Worlds or, or Avowed or no. Wasteland from In Exile? You don't, you think they're just going to treat them all the same? No, I, th- I think they're going to treat them all the same. I really think, honestly, like I said, Microsoft is, uh, you know, like I said, a business first and foremost, but they want good products. So I yeah. think they're going to be patient enough to work with developers and give them what they need. Yeah. And obviously, you know, there could even be instances where, you know, you could farm, you could farm out assets or you could farm out work to other studios yeah. to say, hey, we have a small branch of. You know, in Exile Entertainment not doing anything, we could devote some assets to working on, you know, Obsidian's new game, which would be kind of funny. Um, or, like, you know, we got a team working at um, 343 Studios that can help with something that, you know, uh, Bethesda needs help on. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that's a possibility, but I'm saying that yeah. could be a possibility. I mean, they did have they did have the Coalition and Playground working on Halo also before it came out. Yeah. To be fair, To be fair, I'm just playing devil's advocate here of, like, you know, I'm trying to play the other side here of like other studios treat their or other publishers treat their studios differently. Obviously Microsoft has and Phil Spencer's team specifically is like really seems like they are developer first 
consumer first style. You know, obviously it's still business, but there's they seem to be playing that angle really well. Uh, yeah, and I just hope who, who, whoever takes over for Phil Spencer when he retires, I hope they have the same mindset because I mean this is a long term investment. These studios are long term investment, and I could theoretically see Phil Spencer retiring before some of these studios put out their next game. You know. Which yeah. sucks because I like Phil a lot. I mean, well, I have. I mean, honestly, he just got that CEO position, so I mean, he's still relatively young. I could see him sticking around for another five to seven years at least. Yeah. Hey, hold on, my daughter's crying. Pause. Yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah. Keep keep these streamers entertained. Oh yeah, sure, no problem. Um, I could uh, I I, I could read stuff. Um, hmm. what can I read to everybody? Who in the chat wants me to read something? Oh, I got no one in the chat, really. So, ah, uh, golly. I know there was a uh, rumor going around that Goldeneye... 007 is supposed to come out. <laughs> um, I think uh, some achievements were leaked in January about Goldeneye coming out. And, uh, yeah, apparently it's supposed to come out in the next couple of weeks. What did I miss? I started talking about the rumor that Goldeneye is supposed to get a remake and it's supposed to be coming soon. Oh, it is? Did I oh. miss that? I missed that. It's right here. It's literally on the front yeah. page of Pure Xbox. Uh yeah. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that. I, I wonder... I am not. That game needs to stay where it's at. I I want to I want to see what it's like. I bet it's on the Perfect mm. Dark Engine, the one that they did for Xbox Live. Yeah. I, I bet it's. I bet it would be fun to play through the dam in the facility and then be like, that was a fun romp, and then you uninstall it and never play it again. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm envisioning my time with GoldenEye. Uh, yeah. Who's developing it? Do, do we know uh, who's developing it? No one says. Yeah, no one says. I hmm. didn't really say. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> what if it's DLC for for Rare Replay? That would be kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, I could honestly see them kind of just shoving it in there without like saying anything. Mm-hmm. That'd be weird. Uh, all right, so where were we at? It wasn't my daughter. It was my son. My daughter's fast asleep, so... Oh, okay, <laughs> it's fine. Life, people. Um, I, I I think just in terms of um, uh, Microsoft having just uh being developer focused, and it, it's one of those things on paper and in interviews and the public, you know, I obviously he's doing like a political like kind of like public service campaign of just who Microsoft is and who, um, you know, what Phil Spencer's about and Microsoft being number one game focused because that's what made Microsoft lose the audience in the first place. You know, they weren't game focused, so now they're trying to reverse course, make it about the games, giving themselves a good public image and, you know, acquiring all these developers but always saying, like, hey, we're going to work with them first and, you know, Obviously, Activision wouldn't have jumped on board with Microsoft if they didn't know 
if they knew that other developers were having a bad time with Microsoft. And I, from what I even hear, and I think we talked about this way in the past, that a lot of times, a lot of independent developers like the Microsoft's uh, commitment to indie developers and indie games and marketing indie games. And they say in a lot of cases, Nintendo is the worst. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. That's, that's so, I mean, I, I don't know how much, uh, how much that is true, but you know, I, I was reading a news article like months ago that kind of talked when they talked about all the developers, like honestly, Microsoft's, and PlayStation Storefront is much better with showing you recommendations. They're showing showing you, hey, you might like this or you might like that better mm-hmm. than Nintendo's eShop does. Got Nintendo eShop doesn't show you anything. We just talked about that on on well the Pow Block that's coming out the day after this mm-hmm. uh, releases. Ed and I recorded one on Friday, and we talked a lot about like uh, how Nintendo can improve their online service, which was you know a lot. Yeah. They could improve it a lot. But like, we were, ta- we were so talking. We were talking. They could do. We were talking about the store in particular, and it's just like it's literally yeah. just like as the games come out, it get the new games. They, all the games are sorted in release date order, mm-hmm. and uh, they have like a few featured ones that they switch up every week. They have great deals, which is like, well, that that whole pile of cr- crap is like just thrown in there, and yeah. then like, it's just they don't do any anything to help you discover games that you would be interested in right there is zero discoverability and like i i mean at this point i don't know if nintendo even cares because i think nintendo knows you're either going there for first party games or indies that you already know about and that's it Mm -hmm. and crap that's on sale that's i mean that's that's what i've picked up from nintendo you know it's 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 like i love nintendo games don't get me wrong i love nintendo games but like their store just needs some Something. Yeah. Something. So uh but X- Xbox's store is great at discoverability. I, I I've found tons of games that I probably would have never even found based on discoverability in their store. And mm-hmm. you and Game Pass does that really well too, right? I mean Yeah. It's just I mean that's the nature of Game Pass at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh you know, and then like I I heard this thing the other day where it, it somebody said that indie developers are really scared of the Activision acquisition being afraid of being buried on Game Pass now. And it's like, I don't know. I don't think that one necessarily, you know, is indicative of the other. I think people who are into indies may seek you out, you know? No, I, yeah, I, I think so. So... I mean, Microsoft has that ID at Xbox yeah. where they actually, you know, you you submit an application, and if Microsoft likes your stuff and likes where you're going with it, they'll they'll provide you funding. Yeah, and I think they're more likely to do that than ever now because, like, Microsoft is kind of like not like notorious, but like I mean, remember Xbox Live Arcade? They did such a great job of like making indies discoverable. But then they had all these weird restrictions that they've recently lifted. And then mm-hmm. indie started, obviously, the Switch is just like an incredible indie machine at this point, And people seem to go there. And then, you know, a lot of indie games kind of go PlayStation first sometimes. And Xbox has been really trying to gain back what they were known for. And ID of Xbox, at Xbox, I don't know if you watch their YouTube channel at all, but they put some like, they put some really weird games up there that I'm like, huh, I don't. 
I don't know, but it's weird, and then it ends up being on Game Pass, which is like, oh, well, I hope someone gets to play that, because that seems interesting, I guess. You know, it's weird, it's fun, it's dumb. I mean, look at Deer Simulator, right? I mean... <laughs> yeah, right? Someone or, made that game. Or uh, Procession of the Cavalry. Like, those games are so dumb, but they're on Game mm-hmm. Pass, and somebody yep. liked them. Hell, I did. I I enjoyed my time with them. Yeah, yeah the... um, You know, and, and hopefully... Uh, obviously, I, I, I'm pretty sure we know Microsoft's commitment to the indie space is going to be still paramount during this whole process, and you know, it could even pave the way for bigger independent studios to come forward and work with Microsoft. Like, I look at, for example, uh, Slow Clap and um, the uh, Ember Labs mm-hmm. for the PlayStation. Yeah. You know, Slow Clap made Sifu, and uh, yeah, obviously Ember Labs made Kenna. Yeah, and you know, those are those are considered indie games. They're made by small team of developers. But they give you almost like a triple A experience, mm-hmm. a very good, satisfying experience. And yeah, I mean, just just straight digital releases for the most part. I know I think I have a physical copy of Kenna and I know there's a physical copy of Sifu coming out soon. But, you know, we could we if Xbox continues to cultivate their platform like they should be doing still, obviously, yeah, focus on these big studios, but still focus on your smaller devs. I hope they do. Mm-hmm. We can start to see kind of more come out of these studios. Yeah. Yeah. And like on top of like, I know that like Microsoft kind of doesn't really get a lot of the Xbox first in terms of indies. I mean, we got we got Tunic. We got Below at at one point, like Limbo, Mm -hmm. obviously back in the day. But like Sifu and Kenna are pretty big indie titles that like we were talking about. Sifu seems like the perfect Game Pass game once it starts coming to Xbox, which I totally see it coming to coming to Game Pass. Right. That that is totally a Game Pass game. Uh, Kana, not so much. I feel like that won't hit Game Pass because I feel like it was such high profile. I hope it comes to Xbox. The developer said that they might, they, even though like the, uh, exclusivity is up in what, like March, I think it was six months mm-hmm. that like they might not bring it to Xbox just because that it was a lot of work. Right. And yeah, which look, especially for their first, uh, for their first game period yeah but i think that's a game that phil spencer would really want on the xbox i could totally see him being like hey if you want to port this thing we'll cut the porting fee or whatever or you know like the development fee for that and we'll throw you some money to port it over here because we really want this game Mm -hmm. Um, because that's a game that i like i really want to play uh i've been debating whether or not if i'm even going to get a playstation this generation just because i don't know if it's worth getting a box for like three or four games which I say that, but also I will probably get you got, one. <laughs> you got Horizon coming out literally this week. I know. So. That's one. Yeah. It's the it's like the, the five games I want are Horizon, God of War, Uncharted, Final Fantasy sixteen, and there was another one I forget. Well, what it is all of those are coming out on the PlayStation four. <laughs> I know. So I know. We know I, Sony's still committed to the previous generation, at least for the time being. Yeah. They believe you know, in generations. Microsoft's yeah (laughs) they believe in generations uh i my thing is is like i want to i'm waiting till the playstation 5 gets smaller i think at this point um Mm -hmm. and readily available i just yeah that thing is massive dude (laughs) like i saw it really is i saw one for the first time the other day in person 
I was like, oh my gosh. I like I knew that thing was big, but that thing is that thing is a monster. Yes. Yes, it is. Like who thought it was that a good idea to make it that big? You know, I thought the I thought the Xbox Series X was big. Mm-hmm. And like it's not. It's actually like this the Xbox One X is taller at least. I think I think it's surface area, like the PlayStation Five is much bigger, even though like when you look at the Series X you think like that thing is like a giant brick. Yeah. But like yeah, when you look at the width mm-hmm. and the height of yeah. the PlayStation Five, yeah, yeah, definitely bigger footprint. Yeah, um, so like I'll I'll get it eventually. I'm just like I'm just like not in a hurry at this point. Mm-hmm. Although Horizon, man, that's like the one game <laughs> that's like Horizon is my favorite PlayStation IP. I loved Horizon, and yeah. uh, like I played it after Breath of the Wild because not right after I waited. I I got Horizon the day it came out. I got the special edition with the steel book and the statue and everything. Mm-hmm. And I played it and I loved it. But I also pre-ordered the Switch in Zelda. And I'm like I played I played Zelda first because I'm a Nintendo need whatever, get on my knees, whatever new knee pads, I don't know what you want to say. Mm-hmm. There's a joke in there somewhere you can figure it out if what you will. Uh but- I don't I don't want to. <laughs> But right after that, like, I was like, I'm not going to go right into Horizon because, like, I don't want to compare these games, mm-hmm. you know? I don't want to, like, sit here and compare these games and say this they should have done this, Horizon should have done this. And, I mean, to be fair, it looks like Horizon did exactly what I, <laughs> I was complaining about, like, the climbing kind of almost everywhere. And they even added the little parasailer thing, right, from Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Hey, I, I mean, I mean that that's a whole other topic in and of itself to where, you know, games borrowing from other games is actually a good mm-hmm. thing as opposed to being a bad thing. We shouldn't see it as a negative. Yeah. We should see it as kind of like, you know, everything is borrowed from something else. Right. And like, you know? I don't, I don't really do that. You know, I, like I, I, I'm glad they borrowed that stuff from breath of the wild. I think it's going to make that game infinitely better. Yeah, of course. Uh, just like halo adding the grappling hook from like doom or even some of these other games right like that makes that yeah. game even infinitely better i don't know how you go back to halo and not use the gravity the yeah i think that's going to be a mainstay for the next iteration of whatever campaigns they use mm-hmm. but i mean kind of going back to you know what i feel microsoft's strategy should be now is um i really think it's untested waters at this point i think they really haven't even fully shown what their acquisitions have been able to do yeah you know, I think the more recent over the last like year and a half, I mean, I guess Double Fine was kind of their first big game from a recently acquisition mm-hmm. studio. Yeah. You know, and that's not a that's not a triple A game by any stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, yeah, you got like Halo, but they've had three four three studios in the bag for a while. Mm-hmm. Playground games with uh, Forza Horizon five, you know, and so obviously those have been mainstays for a while, but. We really haven't seen anything big from a Bethesda, Machine Games, um, In Exile, Obsidian, anything like that. So yeah, I mean, I, well, I think we're still like two years away from seeing the big things of what these studios can be. I mean, and you can technically Microsoft argue can make the assessment. You can technically Microsoft can make the assessment to say what's working and what's not. If mm-hmm. you know they turn out good sales with Avowed, the you know RP the big RPG that Obsidian is working on mm-hmm. you know then they could kind of double down to say okay we we're making enough money the systems are flying off the shelves people are up in their Game Pass subscriptions like crazy it's becoming a big success so mm-hmm. a lot of times you really can't gauge what the what's going to happen unless you just really start doing it 
Yeah. I mean, you could almost argue that Outer Worlds might have been their first kind of, because that game came out technically after they acquired them. But like, I mean, like you said, like I think Microsoft's next step is assessing, like you said, but also like giving us a roadmap and like letting us see where these acquisitions and these games fall, right? Like we know Redfall is supposedly supposed to come out sometime this year, although the rumor is that it's delayed. Uh, Starfield is kind of like the, the, the one everybody's pointing at being like, how is yeah. this going to do? You know, they, I mean, that's their, they, their, their flag is in the ground in November. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, that's probably like, obviously, like you said, Forza and Halo and Psychonauts was a great way to end the year last year. Awesome way to end the year. Uh, but like, we're looking at this spring and Microsoft doesn't really have anything. You know, it's, no. I, I, I'm a little, I, I, I'm ready for the point where Microsoft's going to be like, Hey, February, we have this March. We have this may, we have this August. Yeah. October. We're still, we're, we're still away from that. I mean, yeah. like I said, 2023 will be the year of like, we'll, we'll see a, a good contingent of stuff probably in the last half of this year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. You I, know? I don't have any then, doubts about that. I just, I want to see a roadmap now. Right. Like, we were talked about the Nintendo direct a little bit at the beginning of the show and they have like this infographic Nintendo released of everything that's coming through September is like it. Mine. I, I wish Xbox would release something like that. This, this at least for like, you know, I mean, Nintendo has third parties, uh, indies and first party games on this infographic. And I'm like, I just, I would like to see a roadmap from Microsoft. That's all mm. just to know when and what to expect. It's tough with video game development because, you know, as, as we see more and more, video games are, you know, becoming bigger. They're becoming more ambitious. They're becoming harder to make now mm-hmm. because, you know, gamers' tastes are evolving faster than developers can keep up with. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be making a Battle Royale game one one half of the year, and then all of a sudden, you know, the last half of the year, now Battle Royale is dead in the water. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and every other Battle Royale game that's coming out is falling flat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Ubisoft's take on the Battle Royale game died within a year. Which one? It was Hyperscape, but uh, they, Hyperscape, also, yeah. they also killed that Division free-to-play one and the, the Ghost Recon going one. back and changing the Ghost Recon one because, yeah, yeah the fans are kind of done with the whole Battle Royale thing. You can put it in as a game mechanic, but you better offer something else. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about Halo, right, probably adding a Battle Royale, but they're adding that to the suite of of already existing multiplayer, which is probably the which smart fine. way to go. At yeah, this point. the smart way to go. Don't revolve a game around one mechanic. Yeah, you know, don't make a one-trick pony. Yeah, unless you're so, Fortnite, apparently. <laughs> yeah, which you know, well, what what are they getting? They're getting Uncharted stuff now. Uh, Uncharted, and they also got a bunch of Boba Fett stuff recently. Yeah. So. Yeah, which like I mean. I've said this probably 10 times on the show already, but I'm so glad I'm not into Fortnite because I would be so poor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, eventually that will die too. I mean, yeah, I know, yeah, but well, I mean, at this well, point it's, it is surprising but, that it is still kind of as big as it is. Yeah. So. But also Epic has all Epic has unreal engine and they have the store and they have a plan for post Fortnite. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Fortnite money has really allowed them to create, a plan for when Fortnite is no longer a thing. Yeah. Which, you know, could be two years, could be 10 years, who knows, but, uh, 
you know, I mean, it's the same. It's the same with with Microsoft and Minecraft at this point, right? Where they've started really exploring how do they capitalize on Minecraft now? With remember, they did Minecraft Dungeons, uh, what last year or two years ago? Feels like two years ago. Yeah, and you know, there's a rumor that they're spinning up a sequel to that, right? And mm-hmm. so, or DLC or whatever. And uh, you know, these games as a service, right? I mean, we, I talk about Destiny a lot, where like these games as a service need to find a way to evolve, and how hard it is to get people into Destiny, especially right now. It's a great game. Mm-hmm. The mechanics are great. The uh, what they're changing in the game is would actually draw a lot more people in who are into RPGs, actually. But where the story is, it's so hard to recommend because you're so far behind. So yeah. far behind, especially if you didn't mm-hmm. play the seasonal stuff, and that's where like these kinds of of plans need to. They... I mean, look at, I mean, Rainbow Six Siege, for example. It's like getting into it now when people have like years and years of play experience mm-hmm. on you. Yeah. Any game, Apex Legends, Fortnite. Yeah. You're jumping in to say, hey, let me give this game a shot, but then like finding out that you know you're going against guys and girls that have been playing for years and years that are you know much much better than you it's it becomes hard to a point to where you know yeah that game will die at some point mm-hmm. you know yeah they don't have long lifespans yeah so i mean i mean not only does microsoft need like a, a just some sort of like plan for these studios after they see what's going on but like they almost need to guess like what the next big thing is going to be you know mm-hmm. where i I still am. I, it shocks me when somebody's like, "We're gonna make a battle royale in 2022," and it's like, "Really? Like that fad's already passed." Like the people who are into those games are either playing Fortnite or Apex or PUBG on their phones. Well, uh, there was like, it's like say for example, um, House Marquee. They were uh, the people, the studio that made Returnal. Yeah. They were working on a battle royale game because those uh, kind of like uh, massive shooting games that they were making. We're starting to kind of fall out of favor, and I remember they were getting all pissy about it because yeah. it's like no one plays these games anymore, and it's like that's video games now. Yeah. The genre changes so quickly. Yeah, and then you know they decided to jump onto the battle royale bandwagon, mm-hmm. but as they were developing it, battle royale games started to kind of dip. Mm-hmm. So it's like they quickly reversed course, made a game like Returnal, mm-hmm. and reaped the benefits from it. So you got to kind of like be fluid. Yeah. The market changes very quickly, especially video games now. Yeah. People have a short attention span. Yeah, I mean, if you're and not... That's, and and it go, go, like circling back to Microsoft, they have a catalog of studios that have their hands in everything. They have their hands in everything with multiplayer, single player, RPG, action, sports, everything. Mm-hmm. So they have the kind of flexibility to say, however the market changes, we'll be ready. Yeah, and they could even do what Nintendo does is like and like have games finished and hold them based on where the market is or what, where they think, you know, these games could, could benefit the best. Right. And yeah, you know, Nintendo is notorious for doing that. And if Microsoft could get there with all these studios, like, I mean, you're going to have your big releases every year, like call of duty and uh, whatever the next gears game is. And, you know, you're going to have your tent poles, but like these smaller games, like psychonauts, you could, you could develop like psychonauts three and hold it to, you know, after it's done, be like, hey, this would be the smartest place to release it. You know, mm-hmm. take this time. Yeah. To, it, it, the game is done, but take this time to polish it up and see if you want to tinker with some things. And then we can release it at this time when it's ready where, it, you know, it won't go out to die. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 
I mean, that's smart. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm still excited to see what else Microsoft is working on. Uh, oh, by, by the way, like playing into this like strategy for them, they have, they have like a game of the year game coming to game pass this year. <laughs> Death loop probably this fall too, to go along with uh Redfall and, and Starfield. Yeah. A lot of Bethesda this year, I guess. I forgot that that was coming. So Yeah, we still don't have a release date on that, do we? Or at least a kind of any, like a window? I mean, any time after, what, September 23rd, I think. Any time after that. They'll make a big splash about that, right? They'll probably yeah. also add some sort of special Xbox things to it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a game I want to try. Uh, I hear I hear good things. I've heard a lot of uh, revisionist history on that game as well already, though, where like mm-hmm. everybody loved it at the beginning and then a lot of people complaining about it at Game of the Year talks but still giving it Game of the Year. Yeah. Uh, that's the industry. Yeah. Yes, it is. But anyway, Stoy, what do you say we uh, wrap up this episode? Yes. Yeah. This, this is a good one. Yep. Another one for the books, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of Arsenal X. If you joined us live instead of watching the Super Bowl, thank you. Uh, I think we had a couple people popping in and out, so thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, Rams won, by the way. Spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Kind of pulled it off in the fourth quarter. They were down, and then, yeah. you know, I'm, yeah. I'm glad Stafford won a ring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was definitely not getting one at uh, Detroit, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, probably not ever. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Story, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on the EXP cast. We're a video game podcast in the Boss Rush Network as well. Uh, you can find me there on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EXP cast. Uh, and then also to my personal Twitter and Instagram at Stoy, M-K-E-8. You can find me at I am Corey on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me hosting the Boss Rush podcast. And uh, you can find me hosting Tower Casuals, a Destiny podcast, and a plethora of other things here on the Boss Rush Network. Catch all of our content on bossrush.net. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave a five-star review. Thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. And until next week, we love you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.